Welcome to the 322nd episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on February 5th, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who's back from his stint on stage dancing with the stars, Carlos Rodella. That's true. I hurt my shoulder. <laughs> Doing those lifts? Yeah, I can't lift a, a woman in the air. I decided. Um, or then it was decided for us because I, I dropped her. Which is a shame because those women are like four pounds, dude. They're, yeah. They're very small. I am ladies, very so. weak. Yeah, um, my shoulders are pretty crap, too. No, I didn't drop her, but I almost did. And um, and I'm out of the competition. So, Well, that... I mean, real talk, dude. She dropped you. So let's just be honest about it. Did she? <laughs> no. I bring up Dancing with the Stars. Not because you're on stage, although I'm sure you would do great if you put on some of those uh, tight pants and the sequin jacket. Mm. But my good friend, um, Daniel Durant, uh, who was on Dancing with the Stars, and he came in, I want to say, oh, fuck, so embarrassing. I think he came in third, I believe, uh, which is great because he's completely deaf, couldn't hear the music at all. Crazy. uh, And finished like third. Uh, Real handsome dude. He was in the uh, Oscar winning film Coda recently. Good friend of mine. Uh, and he is still doing Dancing with the Stars. I didn't realize this because I don't, I never watched the show until he was on it, right? I didn't care. Um, but I guess after you get done with that show, they do a tour of America. Everybody who was on the show, or I guess if you, if you still want to be on it, there, he's on like a fucking like 50 city tour and he's posting shots on Instagram. Him and his partner from the show are dancing like crazy. They're doing these amazing moves and he looks so good and like, all these crowds are coming to see him. I'm so proud of that guy. The guy's awesome. So happy cool. for him that he's doing that cool thing. Which is weird because you would think that in the career trajectory of a fully deaf person that maybe dancing and music is probably not super high on that list. But, man, he's killing it right now. Well, also, dancing in general is more mm-hmm. like, um, you know, they always say, like, you have to feel it. Yeah. And it's it's more about kind of rhythm and about the, yeah, the, the expression and stuff. So I feel like it really alludes itself well to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's doing great. And I, I'm just so jealous um, because in typical white guy fashion, I'm terrible at dancing. I don't have any rhythm. I don't have any beat. It's super genetic. I can't, I can't. And uh, I've tried a few times and it's just, it's, <laughs> it's embarrassing for everybody. So we're not going to dwell on that too long, but I'm proud of him. He's doing great. Uh, if he comes to a city near you, go buy a ticket and go see him on stage. He's doing wonderful. So proud of that guy. Check anyway, him out. Check, check him, him out. out. Check him out. And he's a real handsome dude, too. He is a chick magnet for sure. So anyway. Well, now I want to see Brad trying to dance. Or no, you just that said is you never. Tried. No, I want to that see is that. Never, never going to happen. Let's Next move episode. on. Next episode of the podcast, we will nope. do it in audio format somehow. And we'll... <laughs> It's going to sound dance. like a bunch of random junk falling down stairs is what my dancing sounds like. Oh, my like, goodness. So. You do the Elaine dance. You're is, like I don't know. I never Seinfeld. watched Seinfeld. I never watched You've it. never seen the Elaine dance? Okay, Google this afterwards. Okay. Elaine dance. Did she Seinfeld. fall downstairs? No, no, no. She's just real bad. Okay. Well, that's um, me. I think that might be you. Anyway, let's get off to the next segment of our show, folks. Uh, welcome back. Also, Carlos, welcome back, because you were not here last time. You weren't on Dancing with the Stars, but you were doing doing something. You were out among the stars. You were doing whatever it was. Secret projects. Secret top secret projects. Yeah, but I don't have the clearance. I don't know. You did great. I listened to the episode. It's awesome. Thank you. It, it was Thank very you. quick and concise and tons of games covered. So, And also, you talk about seasons, which I was thinking about uh, playing or mm. season or whatever it's called. Season, did I disabuse you of that notion? Yeah, you didn't make me super excited about it, but um, a ton of other people I saw on Twitter were saying, like, hey, where's the coverage for this game? Um, 
But it seems like, yeah, interesting and cool to look at, but I'm not sure if I'd really want to play it. Yeah, I talked briefly with um, John over at Gaming in the Wild, and he's apparently a big fan of it. He felt like I came down real hard on that game, which I respect. Everybody's got their own take, and he explained why he liked it, and it totally made perfect sense that he liked it. And I'm sure, I'm sure that game will be great if you are that kind of person, but it kind of hit me in the wrong way. Just a really quick recap. Um, one of my, as you well know, Carlos, one of my least favorite things in any game is is A, searching for stuff, and B, reading text or scanning things. I hate doing that in any game. It feels like a complete waste of my time. But I, but some people love it, right? I'm not saying it's bad. But, I mean, that game was basically just like start off in a story where you don't really know what's going on and then read a bunch of text and scan a bunch of stuff. And I was yeah, just yeah. like, ooh, I was getting – it was triggering all my all my sore spots, man. Right, so. you know, when I heard you say that, so I was like, yeah, that's the things I don't want to do in a game either. Yeah. If it looks really cool – and it's an artsy type thing, and it's short. I'll still try it, but um, yeah. But man, anyways. I will. I will say, riding the bike and the 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 landscape going back, like like in the background, and everything, pretty amazing. Like that part was real good. I got the vibe real heavily, but it just it just wasn't enough to cover it. Anyway, we're yeah. not even talking about that game today. We're not. We're just. I was just saying you did a good job. Um, Thank you. Thank and you. Then it. let's talk about some housekeeping. Then let's talk about housekeeping, folks. As everyone knows, now that Carlos is back. Uh, we're going to continue sharing this virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. That is right. It is housekeeping. I've only got a couple silly things this week, and I don't think they're even, they're only not even really game related. They're not. But what do you got, Carlos? Well, in my uh, time in the secret project bunker, um, I had tons of housekeeping come up, so I have a, a lot here. But, um, uh, geez, some of them are controversial boxes. Okay. We're no, we're no uh, strangers to controversy here. Hit no. me. Give me, give me a big one. Oh, and by the way, if, if anyone hasn't already uh, told by my demeanor, I'm kind of in a mood. So uh, watch out for the future out, of this people. episode because I'm going to go off at some times. No uh, holds barred on Carlos this week. Yeah. Uh, the day before, which I keep trying to track and follow, is uh, kind of a zombie. Uh, what do I call it? Like, Oh, is that the name of the game? The day before? The day before. Yeah. Oh, we talked about oh. it on the show before, right? Did we? I don't know. I don't remember, dude. The, the, the whole thing went around the internet because it was like showing off these amazing visuals and it's like um multiplayer uh game like what's that game i'm trying to think of in new york city where are you um multiplayer you're thinking of uh you're thinking of the division yeah the division so it's like that but with zombies and a huge open world and like really crazy graphics and they just switched it over to unreal 5 and you know i think it's supposed to come out this year and everyone was like no way um, so yeah, they finally November, sh- November, November. Yeah. So, and, and they just switched over to unreal five. So it is kind of crazy cause it was developed in four. And so anyways, they just dropped a gameplay video, but, um, it doesn't look as great as some of those trailers. And also it just looks like an empty world. So mm. I don't think that's coming out this year. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm Googling pictures of it right now. And the top story that comes up is the day before it tries to prove it's not fake with videos that seem fake. So yeah. are people doubting that it's even a real game? No, it's a game. I mean, if, if you're, you're watching it, if you played, I mean, I don't understand how people can think it's just a, a demo area because they go a lot of places. So they're building a world. Um, well, but you it, know, okay, good, good. No, I was going to say, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of zombies in it. So it's like, maybe it's just not even close to being finished at all. Well, to tag off, you actually made me think of something, which is going to be also extremely controversial. I'm glad you reminded me of this. Speaking of a game that's that's not a game, <clears throat> um, we have been talking about Atomic Heart for a little while. It's mm-hmm. the game coming out of uh, mm-hmm. Russian developers. And I had the weirdest thing happen last week. Out of nowhere, 
Um, I think because PR is starting to ramp up for that game. I think that's probably what triggered it. Uh, I got several emails from people who said they were Ukrainians. I don't, I mean, I can't verify that. I don't know who these people are. Um, but they, they emailed me out of the blue and these were, these were like not form letters. It wasn't spam. It was like an, an email written by an actual person to me specifically with information that was specific to me and game critics. Like it wasn't just like a, Hey, cool game reviewer. Here's some info. Like it was actually like a for real email. Mm-hmm. And they were telling me that atomic heart is something that everybody should stay away from for a couple of reasons. Uh, there's a lot of information online, which they shared links to. And basically part of it is that this game allegedly is being funded by one of the really bad, um, what do you call them? Uh, oligarchs. Yeah. Oligarchs in Russia, like a real bad dude. Who's got a lot of money who wants to get into games for something. And also, they're saying that it was collecting data for the FSB, which is like the Russian Secret Service stuff. So anybody playing the game is going to have some of their data like funneled directly to Russia, which sounds like, you know, like it kind of sounds like tinfoil hat stuff. But like, I mean, a lot of that stuff's actually happening these days. But even apart from that, the idea that at this moment in time, we would do something to support Russia, who absolutely is like an aggressor and a really bad force for for good. Or I mean, not, not a bad force for good, a bad force against good in the world right now. I mean, I'm definitely on the side of Ukraine in this conflict that's happening. So I don't want to do anything that puts money in Russia's pocket in this sense. And with people like, like emailing me and hitting me up on Twitter being like, Hey bro, like don't cover this game. Like, you know, get away from this game. I mean, it's great. I I'm trying to think if that's ever happened to me before. And I don't think it has. I think this is the first time anybody's really gone out of their way to establish contact and like, like wave a red flag. You know what I'm saying? But the other thing that I was going to say, in addition to that stuff was when I was doing the reading that they shared, um, they were saying that a lot of this game is fake. Like it's not, it's not what it looks like. They've been like slapping it together. And a lot of the scenes that we've seen have been, have been, um, either CG or manipulated somehow that it's not really what it looks like. And so, uh, I, I think that's a big part of it too. That's what made you, made me think of it was the fake, you know, game, not a game thing, but mm. I don't know any thoughts. I know you've been excited Ugh. and I was excited too, but like, dude, I'm getting kind of like, um, Harry Potter vibes off of this. It feels like something we should stay. Oh away my from goodness. Maybe. Okay. We're going to get into it right now then. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts. Um, okay. so for one thing, Atomic Heart is, uh, developed by Munfish. Yes. Um, and the CEO and all those people, I think they're from Cyprus. <clears throat> so Cyprus isn't Russia, right? Last time I checked. Uh, yeah. Cyprus is not like Russia. a little place, right? Yeah. It's separate. Yeah. So, okay. So there's that. Munfish is in Cyprus. Sure. So, I don't, I don't, unless there's some sort of back channel. Well, I think, I think the people who are in Munfish, I think the person, the two people at the top were from Russia and they're the ones who apparently have ties to okay. uh, I the would. oligarch guy who's funding them. So they may yeah. not be like physically in Russia, but apparently the ties are pretty strong. Right, right. And again, it's just not something we're going to find like online directly. Like Robert is the CEO of Munfish. He's on LinkedIn. He's, it just <laughs> says he's from Cyprus and he's a dude. And, you yeah, know, yeah, we're not going to yeah, talk about sure, like oligarch sure. connections. Yeah, so, you don't bring that, you don't put that on your LinkedIn. It's similar to a couple other things that I was going to bring up later. But, like, at the end of the day, we have to make a decision to play a game or not. And there's so much, in quotes, news out there that's either real or fake. And it just seems to be we're inundated with stuff that makes us think something, even though we have no idea if it's true or not. Right, um, right. And I'm just fucking over that. Like, I'm not going to, I'm just going to stop listening to all this, like, just garbage stuff that I haven't verified myself. If I verify something myself, you know, like, that's how it was in the olden days. And I was a reporter back in the day and a journalist. You know, you could get the actual facts from the sources and be like, this is the story. 
Um, nowadays, there's just so many people going like, hey, did you hear this thing's happening? And you're like, I'm just like, fuck off at this point. So, uh, and anyways, also, Atomic Heart is not a fake game. I've been following it for a very long time and developer diaries. Um, it's a fucking great game and it's going to be awesome. I am going to play it uh, and we can have that controversy or whatever, but uh, we'll, we'll do some deep diving and, and looking to see, you know, this kind of claims that you talked about, but it really does come down to that whole issue, which is similar to Harry Potter, where, you know, how do you separate the art from the artist or the creation from the creator? And if the creator is a fucking asshole uh, or back in the day, I always bring this up because we don't really bring this up enough, but there's a ton of rock bands that I listen to and I'm not going to like, uh, what's it called when you whip yourself, you know, flog myself, flog yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For listening to like warrant or like whatever these bands that I listen to that I still had a great time with. They did fucked up things. We're talking about, you want to talk about fucked up things and giving money and doing all this different type of stuff or like, um, you know, trans thoughts about JK Rowling and what she thinks like, these people did really bad things to like, I won't even mention on the podcast because we'll get us in trouble. Right. <laughs> but I still like their music that has to be brought up because it's real. Like it's, it, I think it's very similar. Um, because, because the lot of stuff we hear today and is my final thought on it. A lot of stuff we hear today are things we're hearing about, but those rock stars back then they did those things. There wasn't right. like rumors. It was like, Oh yeah, they're in the news because they just did that thing, and there's this girl that's in court against him for doing these things, including our former president. You know, yeah, these are yeah, things yeah. that people fucking did, and they were terrible. And I still like some of the stuff. So I don't know. Like, are we all going to hell then? Fine, but like, I am definitely like confused as fuck about it, and I'm leaning towards the side of like, I'm going to enjoy the creations, and I guess I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough question. Um, and I think there's many aspects to it. I mean, if we're talking about a person who is enjoying a piece of media, um, you know, and, and maybe you don't even know. Right. I mean, maybe, you know, I've listened to some of those. I'm sure I've listened to rock bands where the people did something terrible and I had no idea about it. And I just enjoyed the music anyway. So that's one thing. Um, but like, you know, I, I don't have the answer. Right. I don't have the answer. I don't know exactly what the right answer is. But I think in at, at least for me being in a position to somewhat support the game in the sense of bringing it to more people's attention, giving it press, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, I think that is maybe like, not like I'm talking about a big wig or like we are like, we're not some kind of like worldwide organization here, but you know, we definitely have more reach than the average person on the street. So that's something to consider, but you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult question, right? Because um, similar to this, like we were, my, my kid and I were going through some sci-fi movies. I'm kind of catching him up on, um, the classics, right? And mm-hmm. it's 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 amazing because there's so many movies that they've never seen, and I have, and I'm like, oh my god! It's like I get to watch this with you for the, you know, you for the first time, but for me watching you watch it for the first time, yeah. and that's almost fun, you know. And you know, we were talking about post-apocalyptic stuff, and I was like, oh well, you know, obviously Mad Max is like the number one, you know, genre-defining film, but you know, come to find out that Mel Gibson's a complete piece of shit. But it's like. You know, you still watch it. Yeah, that's what I mean. But so, yeah. So like what I mean, I've seen that movie. I saw it even before I knew he was a scumbag. And to be perfectly honest, I have seen it since I knew he was a scumbag. But I'm like, so how do you draw the line? Right. Like, I'm not sure where the line draws. But me watching a movie, I definitely feel like has watching a movie that I already bought already has 
less impact. Does it have less impact? I don't know if it does, man, because again, we're amplifying it right now. Look at that. We are. God we damn just it. amplified Mel fucking Gibson. God damn it. Okay. So, so this is this is this is sticky and complicated and touchy. Like I don't quite know, but I will say there's a few things that I feel pretty pretty good about, and I'm I'm good on the J.K. Rowling thing. She can get fucked. So I'm clear on that one. But the rest of this, and also just to be clear, I'm not making these allegations against munfish and atomic heart i mean that i'm just i'm just relaying what people told me and i i don't know how much of this is fact and how much of it is not to jump back to munfish i just looked it up while we were talking and i was listening don't worry um and uh (laughs) we can do both on this podcast we're very good at it you and i um but uh they recently denied claims to the effect that a connection may exist between the company and the russian government um and yeah, there's a bunch of stories. One's on the Games Radar. One's on the Gamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Denying these claims. Um, something similar uh, is happening with a bunch of other people who are getting canceled recently. And then you know they'll still get canceled, but they'll deny it. You know, and then yeah. it's in court or something. And you're like, well, are we still supposed to hate this person because they denied it? But and it, you know, it's still being like litigated. Um, so, anyways, but that's the update on. This is on like seven websites now. I just saw. Um, yeah, the, the story is is making the rounds, and of course, of course, they're going to deny it. I mean, everybody denies everything. Who's gonna Who's gonna be like, yeah, we're actually funded by a Russian oligarch, and we are funded well, yeah. to the FSB. No one's gonna say it. they're of course going to deny it. But is it true? That's a whole separate question, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't um. Know. So for the record, and this is again the controversial episode we've, we're going to do probably. Um, I'm playing Atomic Heart. Like I'm playing the shit out of that. I want to play that game. I know you've been looking forward to it for a long for time. For a very long time. So there's not going to that's not going to change me. And I'm who I'm like real close to just saying I'm playing Harry Potter. Oh. And man. I know you're going to like hate me as a human, Ugh. which by the way, we should unpack that. You shouldn't. I, I don't think you, you should. What are you talking about? I don't hate you. If I played about. Harry Potter, you wouldn't hate me. I no, I would not personally hate you. I would think mm. you were making a bad decision. Okay. But you can make you can you can do whatever you want. I'm not going to hate you. That's not that's not a hate thing. But we're definitely not going to talk about it because fuck J.K. Rowling forever. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to support that game. Fuck under any her forever. Yes, but again, oh man, do I want to play as an evil character in Harry Potter? Do you hear that you can just be evil the whole time? No, all I hear about is is how shitty J.K. Rowling is. And then I actually read a pretty good article couple days ago from written by a jewish person who was saying they take some real issue with the uh, the goblin thing which is kind of what we talked about a couple episodes we ago. we brought it up yeah yeah and they're like you know and they're like not to take away from the trans thing because that is that is a real thing and we support it but also let's take a minute to talk about how badly jews are portrayed in this because according to that article they feel very strongly that the goblins are just basically oh, a swap out for jewish people okay but pause on that because that makes me livid okay why would why weren't they always that in every movie then I, I think they were. I think people did make a So then we should it. boycott everything Harry Potter forever, even the movies that we already saw? I mean, that's kind of what pe- that's the discussion, right? That's the question that we're discussing right now. We watched it in one context back in the day. I mean, look, I bought the books, dude. I was like that dude who bought the book when it came out at midnight or whatever. I read those books like the day they came out. I We watched all the movies, but that was before we knew what was what. And now that we have all this extra information and extra context, it puts everything in a different light, right? I mean, so... I, I feel very conflicted about that. And I, I got to be honest, I haven't watched any Harry Potter or consumed any Harry Potter media since then. Um, but, you know, when people who have concerns bring it up and they're like, yeah, you know, you thought those are goblins. Those are actually Jewish people. And her treatment of people who are not white in the book is not great. And all this like retcon stuff about Dumbledore being gay is bullshit. And like, you know, the more light gets shed on it, the shittier it seems. And so 
Yet at the same time, when I saw one of those movies, I can't remember which one it was, in the theater on opening night, sure. it was like one of the most special moments of my life. Sure, sure. And I'm not letting anyone take that moment away from me because, again, a million people made that movie. Right. Sure. Oh yeah, and you can like, and you can have that. I mean, it, it, that was a moment in time. Like you, enjoy, I mean, I enjoyed it too. Like I'm not. Yeah. I everybody loved Harry Potter back then before we knew what was what. And it's just only now, when you see how the sausage was made and what was happening behind the scenes, you know, do you feel different? Maybe some people don't. Maybe some people do. I think I do, but maybe not everybody does. And that's something you got to decide for yourself, right? I I think I don't know about that goblin thing though because. I don't know. I have well, to I'm just I'm it. just saying that's what I read, and that person who wrote the article was very clear and very strong about it. So, oh. I, you, you know, it's just and issues. To finish this topic, which could go on forever, <laughs> um, the Justin Roiland thing is a really big, big thing too. Oh, because yes. I just played, you know, high, high in high life. In life, yeah. Again, was worked on with Joel Haver and a ton of other really amazing sure. comedians. Sure. And it's a fucking great game, and I love it to death. And um, I would play DLC if they made some. They probably won't, because. You know, Justin's being like, you know, canceled slash black. Uh, what's it called when you're like blackballed? Is that blacklisted? What's blacklisted. blacklisted. Wasn't it blackballed back in the fifties or something? Blackballed. I mean, had, there was like a little blackball they put in a jar, and they were like, "Oh, that was that." Uh, maybe that was communism. I don't know. Have you uh, ever been a communist? Anyways, I'm not sure. About um, that. The point is, they're supposedly going to try to keep going with Rick and Morty, but like sure. that's another one of those things where like, you know, did you enjoy Rick and Morty the whole time that guy? you know, was is accused of doing these things. Uh, also not finished in court either. And you're like, so right. did he do those things? You know? Yeah, um, TBD. But everybody, that. like, uh, fired him off of everything. Sure. Without an answer. Sure. Isn't that weird? I'm like, that's, I'm not saying one way or the other, but this is the kind of world we're in right now where, like, the decision of what he did isn't done yet, but he's he's off everything. I think um, it's just a reflection of the times, right? Because back in the day, you could do anything and not get fired for any reason. You know, we've got many, many, many examples of people who were terrible and kept their jobs, kept making money, kept being stars. I think it's just a reflection of the modern times where we want to to not be associated with that. Like before, it was like no big deal, sweep it under the rug. And now it's like, no, no, no. People are going to find out. Twitter's going to find out. We don't want to be associated with this. And so I think people are just more sensitive towards how things are perceived in the public. And I don't think that's... Um, I don't think it's cancel culture. I think it's just like accountability and just like keep your shit clean. You know, like if you, I mean, I, I maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's real easy to go your entire life and not be accused of rape. You know, I mean, I think it's, yep. it's pretty easy for people to do that. I know a lot of people who have gone their entire life and have never been accused of rape. So when, when that shit does come up, it's like, well, you know, like if you're in the public eye, if you're like, I'll give you an example, give you an example. So like in my job, my, my other job, not this job. Um, reputation is everything uh, because it doesn't matter how good you are at your job. People want to know who you are personally and how good a person you are and what's your reputation. Um, so you can be the most skilled person on earth, but if you've got a bad rep, nobody will hire you ever. And so I spend a lot of time making sure that I, I do the right thing. People see me in the right way, that I don't cross anybody in a, in a bad way. You know, I don't rip anybody off or, you know, I don't do anything that can be, be, be perceived as shady. And if anything comes up that's sketchy, um, then I like, you know, I, I take care of it. Like I clean it up and apologize if that's necessary or do whatever it takes. Right. Because I'm really concerned about this job, my reputation, my standing in the community and stuff. It's important. Right. And so whenever I hear about these people who who like have all these like allegations and all these 
you know, whether they're true or not, it's like, what are you doing that all these people are talking shit about you? Like, you just must not care about your reputation or you think you're untouchable or something. I mean, thinking about how hard I work to keep my shit clean and then seeing all these people who, you know, every month there's some new allegation. It's abuse or it's drugs or it's something or whatever. It's like, man, clean your shit up. Like, I know how hard it is for me and you're clearly not putting out the effort. Yeah, I, I think that that mixes together well with where we are, not just like you said, in society, but like in technology, because, you know, there's much more ability to find out data. Oh, not, yeah. Everybody's got a fucking camera in their damn pocket, man. Well, camera, but also like um, I'm not even saying it's correct data, but like you can do Google searches. You can do, you know, searches on different social medias or video sites and find things, but then also just report on things like you can yeah. make an article. Anybody can make a website, make an article. Sure. And then the article gets picked up. Um, again, from the internet, uh, millions of websites, but then those sites become social posts and those social posts become a TikTok. And now everyone's talking about this thing that happened on TikTok when it was just some person who wrote an article. I'm not saying that's what we've been talking about. Just so you're clear. There's, yeah, right, right. there's yes, terrible yes. fucking people. Sure. And I know some things that Justin's done that's not in a court case that is really bad. So I know that, right? But I'm just saying like it, all of it's a slippery slope because I've been hearing so much stuff that just seems like... Um, it's just hard to find what is true. Uh, and all that said, I'm playing Atomic Heart for sure. And to close this uh, door on this, and I don't know about Harry Potter. I, you know, despise JK with all the her thoughts. Um, I really want to play an evil character in Harry Potter. So we'll see. I mean, play JK Rowling. There you go. Nice. Is she, she's a playable character then. I mean, you could make, you could make her be uh, and, and be shitty as possible. Uh, no. Probably wouldn't match up to what she's like in real life, but hey. All, all right, right, let's so move on from real all that. Sticky, real sticky situation. Folks, I mean, I guess if you got some thoughts, I'd love to hear it. I mean, we clearly don't have all the answers to everything, and this seems like a really multifaceted issue that I don't think is as clear-cut as, as we would like it to be. So if anybody's got some thoughts, I'm definitely open to it for sure. So. And it's important to talk about it, because, and I'll never shy away, neither of us do on this podcast, but I'll never shy away from talking about this kind of stuff because it affects, like... Um, yeah, reputations of people. It affects the all the games and the content we play, yeah. and it's a confusing subject. But we have to tackle it because if we don't, then it just gets kind of like a, a muddle, uh, muddled thing that we don't talk about, and that's not good either. Yeah, so, I think both you and I, and I think I think most people these days want to be you know ethical. They want to be informed and aware, and they want to make good choices that match who they are as a person, right? Like, you know, you want to make, you want to do things that are in line with your personal philosophy, with your, with, with who you want to be in the world, what you want to put out there. So I think, you know, having the information is good. But then again, like you said, we've had a lot of problems with misinformation, with a lot of confusing information. And, you know, it's, it's, it's real tough. It's real tough to know what's real and what's not these days, um, you know, for a variety of a thousand different reasons. But anyway. Well, let's keep going to the next controversial topic, which is... Oh, jeez. I okay. have two more, by the way. I have two more. I told you. This is going to... Okay, name this podcast the, the most controversial episode yes. ever. No, the it. most controversial episode ever. That really kind of lands it. So this is Xbox Climate Politics. You sent me this. I did. I think I, you tweeted or something, or maybe I followed This is about something. the Republicans getting pissed off because the Xbox uses less electricity? Yes. And I was oh, like, how is that a story? Because they're assholes. But again, that's kind of my point of like, oh, that's not even anything. But now it's a talking point. Um, and what, we, what we're talking about is that Xbox is going to use some sort of new energy saver, I guess they're installing software. Yes. Um, and so Republicans and conservatives were like, this is uh, you, them trying to get your kids into like green... New Deal and stuff. 
And shouldn't they be? Because there is fucking dying, yo. Like, we need to start conserving electricity. We need to start being green. We need to start paying attention to that. If you're not paying attention to that, fuck you. Like, you're well, part of the problem. Yeah, and also, yes, but also that's not what the fucking game system is doing. That's not what it's already doing. still like... I, by the way, I don't know how many times I've talked about this, but when I go over to my Xbox, um, and it's even in just sleep mode, mm-hmm. it's hot. Oh, yeah, that thing's hot. It's really hot. In sleep mode. That doesn't seem good to me. Um, so whatever they can do to chill that thing out... Um, it just seems like it's 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 running hot. So. Well, I don't know if I told you this, but I put a little um a little metal grill on top of my Xbox X. You know, it's like in the vertical mode, so the 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 fan is at the top, mm-hmm. and then I get a little uh, a little ball of dough and oh, put it in some chocolate goodness. chips. I put it on top, and by the time I do like a two three hour game session, I've got a nice little cookie waiting for me at That's the end of it. Crazy business. Yeah. <laughs> You're exaggerating, but it's not too far off. It's. Yes. Okay, so anyways, that's not a story. So, so wait, no wait, wait. I want to I want to add on to that too. Oh, okay. I'm glad you brought that up because number one. Uh, fuck Republicans. Uh, so here's here's a stance I can take that's real easy. Republicans are the enemy. They're fucking terrible. We need to get stop them from de- ruining our fucking world and our country. Every day is a nightmare that they're here. So fuck Republicans and fuck conservatives because it's just it's 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 terrible. And this is an exact this is an exact um one perfect reason why, right? So like what we're talking about using less electricity. That's a good thing. There are no two sides to that being concerned about the environment there are no two sides to that it is only pro yeah being concerned about saving the earth having earth be possible or life possible on earth is only pro there is no other side to that and these motherfuckers keep bringing up the both sides and own the libs and all this shit and like they want to like make a big deal like we're like we're somehow brainwashing kids into being concerned about the environment like that's like that like being concerned is a bad thing it blows my fucking mind and I just well, cannot with the bullshit. Real quick, not to, uh, to derail you, but that's si- similar to 1984, where like it's double speak. It's called double speak. The book, yeah, the book. Yeah, and so basically, it just means like you're saying something that is yes true, but you're making it seem bad, yes. right? Yes. Because yeah, of course, they're like, oh, they're trying to do this, and they're like, yeah, that's what they want you to do. Like you, you yes, want to exactly. save the earth. Yes, yeah, exactly. So and just a little tangent. So back when the right before the Xbox One launched i was at the launch event uh at redmond in in uh at microsoft headquarters and i interviewed uh god who was who even was in charge back then whoever was the big dog i can't remember which it was it was one of those famous dudes right i was in the room with him and it was Mm -hmm. like a one-on-one interview and we were talking about the xbox one launch which to me looked like a clusterfuck and then oh it was it was it was a clusterfuck yeah but it was funny because as we're sitting there i remember asking him specifically oh you know how green is the xbox and he's like what I'm like, how green is it? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, you know, electricity, like its usage, like how much is he? He's like, oh, he's like, I hadn't even thought of that. And I'm like, he's nice. It wasn't even on the radar back then. So I'm really glad that that's clearly changed. Xbox is, I'm sure the Xbox X is greener than the one was. And now that they're talking about reducing it even further, good. I'm go. very glad. And I'm going to take full credit for that. That was me. Thank that you. That was You're you. Welcome. Yeah. Yes. They're like, you got, they got the idea implanted at that point. Yeah, so. that one time that Brad showed up and he, he caught us with our pants down. We're going to fix that. Yeah. So you're welcome. And then we put our pants back up too, because that was That's weird. right. That was and weird. you could cancel for that for sure. <laughs> See, we're going to try, I'm going to try to cram as many as controversial many issues yes, in, yes. in this uh, episode. Here's okay. something that's not too controversial, but it's kind of related to gaming. Well, it okay. is. Uh, I definitely 100% uh, finally quit Game Pass. You did, why? What'd you go game pass? Yeah, for? here we go. Controversy oh, number four. Oh, okay. Um, it's $180 a year. Mm-hmm. 
let's just put that out there. Uh, and remember, and remember also that I've been uh, talking about this in this episode all the time. I'm super broke all the time sure, right now. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. $180 is fucking bonkers. I mean, I even pay too much for coffee all the time, so I got to cut down on that. But when Starfield comes out, and I know it's coming out in Game Pass, I'm going to do the crazy idea thing of like, I'm going to buy Starfield because that's the game I want to play. Sure. Uh, it'll probably be like a five, six month game. Or year, the whole year, uh, probably the whole year, you know. And so, and if I see another ten or fifteen dollar game or twenty dollar game, I might pick that up. Or if we get a game from the podcast, I might get that code. And that's it. And I'm going to save myself a fuck ton of money because that's the thing we don't bring up enough. Like, yeah, sure, it's great, but there's so many reoccurring costs in our life right now. Sure, everything's um, a subscription. I'm canceling so much because I'm so low on money. As I was canceling stuff, I was just like seeing how much I was paying each year for some of these things. And yeah, they make it seem so like, oh, it's only $15, only $10, only $20 for another streaming service. Um, if you want Ultimate, which is generally what you want for Game Pass, it's $180. So I, I just think that that idea that we have to change that idea too, I think, which is subscription is, is still fucking a ton of money, no matter sure. what it is. Sure. And um, so I'm, A, going to save myself some money. I'm going to buy Starfield when I want to buy Starfield. But all those other games that we kept talking about that are great, oh, my goodness, you see how much you know value you have in Game Pass? That's true. But, like, do you see how much value I have in Netflix? Yeah, a ton. But right. I'm, how much am I watching? How much am I playing of those games? So I just thought I'd bring it up because people should check their wallets. I mean, like, it's it's – we've been just whitewashing is that the word um yeah, yeah yeah over the top of the idea that this is a fuck ton of money every year so i'm gonna take i'm gonna take a uh a card out of your playbook right here a page okay devil's playbook. advocate devil's advocate you knew that was coming yeah so it is 180 bucks is a lot of money i'm not i'm not saying it's not like anything costs 180 bucks i'm gonna take a pause on that right but how much do games cost these days a brand new game if you're lucky 60 bucks although they're starting to be 70 bucks now right so if you buy Starfield, that's probably going to be 70 bucks, I'm guessing. And that's like, that's the bare bones version where you don't get the cool costume and you don't get I the don't, cool ship and you don't yeah. have the, the space otter for your pet or whatever, I don't need right? the space otter. Yeah, you, okay. don't need the spa- you don't need it, but you might want it, right? You're going to see somebody with a space otter. You're going to be like, damn it, I want that thing. I won't, so like, go ahead, yes. 70 bucks, so that's one game. Yep. And then you buy even one more game, you're basically a hop, skip, and jump away from 180. So, like, if you think about, let's say 60, because that's easy. I can do that math in my head because I'm I'm not a math person. If you buy three games per year, I don't know how many the average gamer buys. Uh, I mean, but for us, we're like high high volume gamers, right? You and I both play every fucking game that there is. I definitely play more than three games. I mean, I pff, played more than three games this fucking week, dude. So, like, if I was to buy those, which I wouldn't, but if I did. If I play at least three games per year on Xbox, I've paid for the service. Wait, but so. I can actually double advocate to your devil advocate. Double advocate. devil advocate. Doubles okay. devil advocate because you don't have to play games. I think be, oh, sure. we're in a unique situation where, A, we get games. So for me, this whatever your scenario is, it's not going to work because like all year this year, I might be able to just play games from codes we get. You know, I sure. could. And I could buy Starfield and I would save myself $120. Like, that's what I'm going to do. Like that's what I'm. Oh doing. yeah, and if that's right for you, go for it, man. For sure. Well, it's not right. It's it's the only thing that will keep me alive, <laughs> money wise. <laughs> okay, okay, stay alive. Yes, absolutely, stay yes. alive. Let's so do that. So my point is to make it budget wise. That that's what I'm doing, right? Sure, sure, sure. But to the double the double devil's advocate is that anybody just 
you know, anybody who plays games doesn't need to play three or four games because we're for comparing it to being like, well, you know, if you don't, if you're like us and you buy a bunch of games each year, well, you might not be like us. Oh, right? sure, sure. And so not I'll, even that. Like, I, I realize we are like in, we're like in the 1% of games, right? Because I'm a, I'm a games editor and you've been in games forever and we get free codes all the time and we do a podcast and I have a website. So, like, so we're like in a special situation. I get that. I get that. But like for the average person, I don't know how many games the average person buys, right? So there's probably like there's probably like people out there who's like Madden's my game, all I buy is Madden, I buy one Madden game per year, and that's all I play. Okay, Game Pass doesn't make sense for you then. That, that's 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 a waste, right? But if you're a person who like plays one game a month, or maybe even one game every two or three months, if you if you're buying those games new, which you might be, maybe you're maybe you're a sale person. I mean, it just depends. Like I'm saying, like it's just basically three full price games per month, and we don't have to buy games. I mean, nobody has to buy games. I mean. You can just quit games forever. You don't need to buy an Xbox. You don't need to do anything about games. But if you're in the games sphere and you like games and you like you think they're fun and you want to play them, and if you play at least three a year, to me, that balances out where it's like I'm getting way more than that per month. My family's getting way more than that per month. I mean, look at my kid. Every time I'm, I'm looking over there, he's playing something new off of Game Pass. So I'm like, cool, that's another game I didn't buy. Great. I love it. Again, that's, that money, yeah. right? And that's a unique situation, having a family, having a kid who wants to play a ton of games. Yes, it, there, there's... Lots of different situations. By the way, I talk to my um, barista all the time, and he's like playing three games like forever. What was his name? Owen. Oh yeah, Owen the Thanks barista. Owen. Yes, we did. But, um, we, we know Owen. He's playing League of Legends. You know, he's playing. Sure. He's playing a few games, uh, and then every once in a while he'll get a new game. I actually told him about Forspoken, which we'll talk about soon. Okay. Um. Anyways, the point is, uh, yeah, there's lots of different situations, and if you did buy three games a year. You'd still save money if you didn't have Game Pass as well, because Game Pass is 180, <laughs> and you spot three games, and you. But spent... I mean, in lieu, yeah, of course. But in lieu of, if you skipped buying those three games and you only got Game Pass, and then you played those games on Game Pass, it, no, no, you know, no, no, not, no. Don't you see the math? You you save money by don't having by not having Game Pass and buying two games a year. You save money. That is true. That's what if, people do. If that's, that's what enough people for do. You. If that's enough for you. But that's Maybe. enough for tons of people. We're again, we're very specialized. Sure, sure. I talk to so many people. You do too. None of them are like crazy like us where we, they go, well, I'll say, I'll call myself crazy. I'll be like, hey, did you try this? Hey, have you tried this? Have you played this? And they're like, sure. no, I'm still playing that one game I bought. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, that, and that's what I mean. Like, you know, if you're the kind of person that buys one or two games a year, maybe it doesn't make sense for you. But, but and I'm just throwing it up that that's, I think, a lot of people. <laughs> It's probably a lot it's of a people. lot of people. Even the people who listen to our podcast, they're like, "Hey, I'm glad we don't have to play all those games because Brad and Carl's play them." Sure, see, what I mean saying? that's very true. No, that that is very true. I mean, everybody right. needs to make a decision that's right for them. Um, but I will say also that people buy Starbucks all the time, and people go out and like to the bar, like going to the bar. I don't know if you've been to the bar lately. I haven't been to the bar because I don't drink. Not but really. like last time I was at the bar, I got fucking angry um, when I saw the bill because I'm like, "What the fuck." Why are we spending so much goddamn money in these fucking drinks? Like, this is stupid. Oh it was God, like, I mean, it was like, that's you know, a I, thing. I would much rather, yeah, it's stupid. Drink a fucking couple drinks. Who cares? I'd rather spend that money on Game Pass and play games the whole year. It was, I mean, the bar tab was more it's than Game Pass, right? experience, was- bro. We only have so much time on this planet. <laughs> we have to have experiences. They're not all about that. That's and, true. And also, games are an experience for sure. I'm not calling not that, but like, being out and, you know, having moments sure, with sure. people. That's all. Oh, okay. Sure. Well, anyways, there's my point, and I am, I've already canceled it, so that's it's already happened. Okay. Um, and I'm already saving <laughs> I wasn't money. trying to talk you back into it. I no, you it. couldn't have because I didn't no, have money I for I wasn't, it. I wasn't trying. I wasn't trying. Um, but I am going to buy Starfield when I have uh, paychecks coming in, and then I will buy yeah. that game. 
Now, one more like non-controversial thing. Um, I have three things here. Which one should I pick? It's up to you. Uh, I'm excited for Wonderland Nights. Wonderland Nights? It's a visual novel. It's out right now. It's like $6. Again, I'm literally just six about dollars. to cover that in the next segment. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. Never mind. Pause well, on that. Pause we'll on talk that. about it before you know it. And also, I am excited about Wanted Dead, um, which is also coming out in a few days. Yes. Also Darren, super cheap. Darren Foreman is reviewing that. He is okay. covering that for us at Game Critics. So those are just some, I guess, foreshadowings? Foreshadowings. And let's move on. Uh, what else did you have that was not controversial? Um, just really quickly, I want to do the egg report. And I don't know if you heard me in the opening. Um, we had some chicken questions last time yeah. around. And I figured I would just, as a, as a funsy sort of a thing... Every time we do this podcast, I will report how many chicken uh, eggs I've collected. This morning, we got three. Nice. Three eggs, which is pretty good. Um, I'm hoping to get a couple more. We have 12 chickens. And chickens, when they're going hot and heavy, it should be one per chicken per day. So in a perfect world, we'd be getting 12 eggs per day. Mm. Uh, but I think it's more normal to think that every chicken lays one every other day just because of like they're tired or it's not sunny enough or, you know, mood or whatever. So if we got six per day, I feel like we're going we're going real good. So three right now and hopefully we'll have three this afternoon we'll see what happens uh, i do have one story though wait wait back to the eggs did, yeah. you, did you say in the in the episode i forgot are they brown or white the eggs mm-hmm. oh they're all sorts of colors dude we have white but do they stay the same color yeah yeah they're, they don't so change. different they'll... chickens do different color eggs right yeah exactly it depends on what breed you have so is it have... better to have brown because i always buy brown in the store there's literally no difference there's no difference at all i sh- okay there's literally no difference. The only difference is the color of the shell, and unless you're eating the shell, there is no difference for you. Eggs, Wait, okay. Some of the brown ones are bigger, though, than the white ones. It's just breed of chicken. There's no uh, difference inside. But isn't a bigger one better value, I guess? As long as the price is good. You're getting more volume of egg substance inside for a bigger egg, but, I mean, what does it cost? I mean, I guess it depends. Okay, wait. Egg question number two. Sure. Organic or not, does it matter? Well, I mean, organic is a whole big thing because who free says range, what I mean, organic sorry. means? I mean, we do free range here. That's all we do. Yeah. And I think that's good. But it, again, what are, you, what are you saying? Like, what does that mean? There's all sorts of definitions. I don't know that there is a strict legal definition of free range. For us, it means we open the door to the coop in the morning. The chickens walk around the yard all day. I don't do anything to them. They just they eat what they want to eat. They scratch. I provide food. They go back home when they're ready. That's it. Yeah. But for some people, they have a big pasture. Some people keep them in a little box that they wheel around in a field and then they cover 10 feet of, of ground per day. That's like a little mobile thing. Some people have them in a pen that just has some grass in it and they call that free ranging. Sometimes they have food they scatter on the ground and they call that free range. I mean, it's like, I don't know that there's necessarily a definition. I think yeah. if if we all, you know, by if we were going to say that chickens were free to live their life, then sure, free ranging would be the best. But I don't know that that's really what you get when you buy those things, so... Yeah, and also that's it comes back down to the thing of um, information. Like yes. they can put a ton of stuff on a package. Yeah, but I'm and not no there. No one can disprove it or anything, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm not there. I have no idea. Yeah. So All right. I'll just tell you really quickly: the eggs that we have now, we have uh, we have brown eggs, we have tan eggs, we have white eggs. We have green eggs, we have pink eggs, and we have blue eggs. So Wait. we have all those different eggs. Okay, so go back. Go fucking back. <laughs> green, like in Dr. Seuss? Yeah. I mean, like, so again, just the shell, right? The inside of the egg is all the same. But why? It's just the bird. I mean, just the, the bird. The bird has the... I'm very confused by that. Oh, and Every... the pink and the blue. 
yeah pink and blue and brown and tan and uh every every bird has their own you know like you see you see like a a robin egg isn't a robin egg, robin kind of egg like is blue, blue. i've seen that yeah. i have yeah. never seen a pink or green one um and by the way that means easter's covered for you guys you don't have to color eggs don't have at to all. do anything just go out to the coop and i'm i'm set i don't need to buy any of those little pause little dissolving tablets and put eggs in water nothing like that yeah crazy business all right all right. Uh, one on. more story. Oh, one yeah. more story, and then I'm good. I just want to just give a big fuck you to FedEx. I fucking hate FedEx. FedEx I saw can, you bitching oh, about that. Yeah, fuck, they can suck it so hard. So I don't know what the deal is, but like our drivers around my area are assholes. We have a fence. The fence is never locked. The only time the fence is ever locked is when the dogs are in the yard going to the bathroom, and the dogs are house dogs. They go outside, maybe like ten, five, ten minutes per day when we let them out in the yard. We take them for walks and stuff, but I'm talking. I'm just talking about like running loose in the front yard you know what i'm saying like they, they're not front yard dogs like we don't have a dog in a yard 24 7 so it just so happened that the fedex guy showed up at the exact five minutes when we were taking the dog out for their morning poop right and so the dude number one the dogs are barking like fucking crazy and he still tries to open the gate and i'm like are you high what is your deal you don't hear these dogs going off that to me is a pretty good indication there's a dog inside the yard and you probably shouldn't try to open that gate Idiot tried to open the gate anyway, and he saw the, the dog come running after him. And my dogs are small. I have a Chihuahua, and I have like a little, like a Jack Russell mix or something. They're very small dogs, so mm-hmm. we're not talking German Shepherd or anything like that. But anyway, he closes the gate, and then he threw my box. Number one, don't fucking throw my goddamn box. It says fragile on it. And you're a delivery service. You're not a throwing service. You're a delivery service. You need to deliver the box. He threw the box over the fence and it hit my dog on when it came back on the way down. Oh, my goodness. I was like, what the fuck? And so I, I got so pissed. UPS doesn't do that. Post office doesn't do that. Amazon doesn't do that. It's only FedEx that does it. And I don't know why. I called um, their retail, their their regional manager or whatever. And this is like the third or fourth time. This is the first time my dog got hit by the box. But they've thrown boxes before, and because I'm home 24-7, I always see them when they roll up. And I'm like, you motherfucker, you threw my goddamn box over the fucking fence again. And they just keep doing it, so fuck you, FedEx. You know, the guy's like, well, it's our policy that a box should never leave a person's hands unless it's being delivered to their, their front porch. Okay, well, they throw them like fucking footballs over here, asshole, so I don't know what the deal is, but Jeez. fuck FedEx. I fucking hate FedEx. All right. Don't. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Do something else. Don't do FedEx. Don't do Do that. UPS. Do the post office. Do anything. Give a give a give a kid some money. Have him get on his bike, ride it over somewhere. Do something. Strap it to a drone. I don't know. Whatever. But don't do don't give money to FedEx. That's interesting. We actually I was on a podcast for the Spoon, which is that other food tech company I work at, um, uh, as freelance. And um, yeah, we talked about drone delivery happening more and more with food and companies getting greenlit to you know to start yeah. investing in that. But man, oh man, that's tricky. Because you know, as long as Elon Musk is not involved, then I'm fine. No, no, no. It's another company. But like, it's um, tons of different like conditions. You know what I mean? Like, it's so many variables. It's hard oh, yeah. to pull. That I can't. Off. I, it's, I'm sure it's ten thousand times more complicated than we think it is. So yeah. So I don't think the FedEx drones are happening anytime soon. But um, well, good because they would fucking drop it on my goddamn head. They would throw it that's somehow. True. They put a that's, drone launcher on it. That's not funny, but funny that the FedEx drone would also catapult it at your house. It would. It would just like fly top speed and just drop that shit on my house. I can break a hole in my roof. Fuck those guys. Fuck Fuck those guys. And now let's talk about games. (laughs) Let's talk about games. Are we covering games on this podcast? I don't think we're even covering games. We're not uh, done with controversy because I'm going to talk about Forspoken. Jesus. Okay. Okay. So let's 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 start with the small things. Let's talk about Inculinati, which just came to Game Pass 
game preview game preview where it's a it's a i guess quote unquote beta but it's on console people can download it and try it out it's not a full version of a game but it's like it's basically the whole game but just not not in a 1.0 they said they're gonna still work on things there are some bugs and stuff so basically i'll let you talk about it first once you give the capsule here carlos this is a a game that takes inspiration from illuminated texts from the medieval ages where there would be like some dude in a monastery and a big book and some ink and he would draw those really fancy letters calligraphy and stuff but then in the margins of the book they would draw little animals and shapes and curly cues and like really cool looking stuff um so you play a a person who is drawing the marginalia of these things and it's also a turn-based strategy game where it's 2d and it's like you're you're the whole combat takes place in a space the size of a margin of a book on one side are your people where they're like dogs or rabbits or whatever kind of like walking around like people dressed up fancy and then you fight against the ai turn by turn there's movement um, positioning is important and then each person has a, a cooldown for their abilities and stuff so it's like a, a 2d term it's, it's a little bit like darkest dungeon in the sense of like how the combat happens one team on one side, one team on the other. It's a 2D plane, and they kind of go head-to-head. So visually, kind of similar to how Darkest Dungeon is set up a little bit. Um, yeah. Anyway, I was pretty excited for this one because I think it looks really cool. I love the art style. Very nice. It also reminds me a little bit of... What's up? Uh, the other medieval game you played recently with the same art style. It was... Um, yeah, Pentiment. Pentiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what I thought of immediately Yeah, when I saw Yeah, that. yeah. I think these are in the same basket, like, graphically, anyway. So I played it a little bit. I've definitely got some thoughts. Carlos, did you play this? And do you have some thoughts on Inculinati? I, I always keep calling it a different name each time I try to tell you about it. I'm like, are we talking about Ikadamati? Ikorolaki? Akanikinaka? It's a weird it's a weird name. I think they're trying to say like what ink and Illuminati ink. together? Illuminati Illuminati. But they Illuminati. Anyways. I don't know. Anyway. Um yeah, I just noped out of this real hard. I, I love the style. <laughs> And again, it looks really cool. The drawings, um, I think it almost alludes to like Monty Python with the hand drawing. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yes, exactly. So it feels like a Monty Python thing. What's the other game that you played that you loved that's like this style? Oh, um, remember, yeah. it, it's like a, what's that game? Anyways, there's it's another like game. A game that I loved. Yeah, that one. Yeah, and it's got that Monty Python feel. But And there's supposedly humor in this, but I didn't find it funny or maybe Procession I didn't get to the, the funny part. Yes, exactly. Um, I didn't know if I found the humor yet because I didn't play it long enough, probably. But like, it's supposed to be, you know, that's a focus, I guess, at some point. Is it? I didn't get that sense. They at put all. in quotes humor in this in the description for it. So, anyways, yeah, I mean, I got confused by the combat. It's it seems basic because it's turn based stuff, and you have these little helpers, and you're trying to attack the other side. But then I kept going like the wrong direction because you can move too. Yeah. And I kept going like behind my hero and I was like, wait, what the hell? So I just got confused <laughs> by it, which I feel like I shouldn't because it seems pretty straightforward to just go like left to right, you know, and, and fight people. But I was confused. It wasn't fun. Um, and I left. <laughs> I just like put the controller down. And I was like, I don't want to do any more of this slowly backed away from the console yeah i did the simpsons homer in the bush fade into the bush yeah exactly exactly. so maybe i missed something so tell me if i missed something no you didn't miss anything i think you're exactly right (laughs) i was so on board for this i love turn-based tactics i love the art style i love weird games i'm like man this is my jam and oh god i noped out of this so hard and so fast i i mean to be fair i think the tutorial is awful that's probably a lot of it 
it is a it is a terrible tutorial everybody i talked to had the same impression of like this tutorial sucks ass it's really confusing and it's the kind of tutorial where it's not even a tutorial it's like they set you up with these little mock situations and they're like oh well did you know that the donkey can blow a trumpet with his butt and i'm like okay and and then they just let you have at it and it's up to you to figure out what were they trying to tell you like what what does that really mean how do you really use that to your advantage and if you can't figure it out if you don't understand it then fuck you and that's kind of how it was i was like i don't i don't understand what the wind conditions are how i I, a lot of these tutorials felt like really one-sided stacked against you i was doing some of the tutorials over and over and over there was these snails in the tutorial that kill your enemies with or kill your your troops with one hit and I'm like, how am I supposed to win this? I don't understand. What What are you trying to teach me? Because I clearly don't understand your system. I, I would like you to give me a hint. Because the snails just kept fucking eating me over and over. I did that, I did that fucking around like 20, 25 times. And I didn't pass it. And it's the tutorial. And I just didn't understand what I was supposed to be doing. Mm. Um, I mean, clearly the developers understand their own game. Because they made it. That's great. But I am not them. I do not share brainwaves with them. I don't understand how this works. And I need you. To teach me, the brand new player who wants to support your game and have fun with it, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And I don't understand it. I am no stranger to turn-based tactics. I am no stranger to fucking video games. Well, that's why I was so freaked out because I'm the same way as you. I was like, oh, I'll get this in a second, you know? Yeah. But like you said, there's all these weird conditions that don't make sense. They're just for that game. Yeah. And they're not just describing it to us. Yeah. It's like there's a lot of positioning where you need to like shove people and they kind of slide along to a different open spot, but then also... The people's movement, you need to look at that to see how far they can go. And it's not easy. I think the UI is garbage. The only way I could found out uh, to find to get some of the information was like to click one of the sticks and then go into a menu and like look. And it was like, dude, have you guys never played a fucking strategy game before? Like this is supposed to be like surfaced really, really easily and clearly so that a player just has to glance at it to get the info. And it was like I had to dig for the info and this was not good. And uh, I just, you know, it was like this one, this one second I got to you have an archer. And they're like, okay, there's a rock in this level. This rock, you can't push it. Go. I'm like, okay, so what? You can't push the rock. What What does that mean for me? And at first I thought I figured out like I used it for cover, but that didn't matter because the enemy just kept coming at me. And the archer has as much movement as the foot soldier. And in that situation, the foot soldier is always going to win because the archer is low damage and the guy just keeps rushing you. So I'm like, I don't understand the lesson that I'm trying to learn here. And I just, I was like, fuck it. Fuck, fuck this and fuck you. Like I just, I've noped out so hard. Yeah. So I don't know if the developers need to go back to the drawing board about difficulty, about definitely tutorial, about UI. Like this was just a really, really negative experience. And everybody I talked to was kind of riffing off of what we just said here. Bad tutorial, didn't get it, wasn't fun, too hard, did not like. So. All right. Well, I was probably correct in running away early. You then. were correct. I I said I was right right behind you, dude. I was, we were both running away in the same direction. Well, you know what though? Um, like we always say here in the show, I bet in six months this will be a much better experience. Right, but we don't know because it might just also be the same. That's true. It might just continue to suck. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I I don't think I'm probably going to come back to this one. I don't think you're probably going to come back to this one. Let's move on, shall we? Let's move on. Okay. Uh, when they did the Xbox developer, blah, blah, whatever shindig the other day that we talked about, the same day that that um, event happened, they did like one of those stealth drops for mm-hmm. a game called Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, this game uh, came out of nowhere. It's by Tango Gameworks, the people who did Evil Within. Uh, but boy, it sure doesn't look anything like that at all. It looks like a total 180 for those guys. Um, it's bright. It's colorful. 
it looks a lot like Jet Set Radio. And what's another game that came out recently? Um, it was done by, oh, I think it was Sucker Punch, where you, you skated on those um, the wires all over the city. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, geez. Yeah, I do. I can't think Where of people it. drank the, the energy drink and it turned everybody into zombies. And then yeah. you had to go and like whatever that game was. Uh, yeah. It looks like a combination of those two games. But like people saying it looks like Dreamcast, really colorful, bright, which I think is correct. You play a dude who gets uh, a robot arm attached to his body he gets an ipod stuck into his heart and it becomes a rhythm based i don't know brawler beat him up i guess basically where you run around this high-tech city cutscenes, bosses punch punch robots and stuff i played it for a little bit carlos did you dip into this yeah i mean i love those kind of uh, stealth drops my one of my biggest yeah, uh, stealth drop is fun um, excitements around, you know, showcases and stuff like that. So, and also Bethesda Softworks published it, which is interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, like you said, Tango, they did Evil Within or whatever. It's a totally different skill set um, and style of game. But yeah, I think the animation is really cool too. The animation was very like, yeah, um, just stylized and it felt like something you'd watch like in a CG movie on Netflix or something, you know, or an anime or something. really high quality surprisingly high quality stuff yeah, yeah really fun to watch and uh interesting concept and that he gets an ipod in his chest and that's why he's you know on the on the beat yeah yeah um yeah that was really fun i mean it's nothing uh i'm like super excited to like finish but obviously you know it was um just a, a hoot it was a hoot it was a hoot where you <laughs> run around you hit things and i think i'll say this is important the rhythm games we played in the past, lots of them are unforgiving. Yeah. Um, even like uh, Hellblade, which is one of my favorite. Not Hellblade. Uh, Hell. Oh, come on. Help me out. Um, the heavy metal one. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The singer or something. Yeah. Metal, metal, metal Hellsinger. Metal Hellsinger. That one's a little sometimes unforgiving. Like you can actually eat shit and die because you didn't do the right rhythm. Um, yeah. This one was super forgiving. I mean, I'm sure you felt that too. Oh, yeah. It felt like you didn't even really have to even pay attention to the beat. Like, you could just mash, and it was fine. It you could really... mash pretty well, yeah. But yeah. but when you didn't, and you did do the beat, you got these great combos that did crazy damage. Because um, I was doing that Y combo a lot. Um, yeah, the, the Y button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was just, like, clearing out enemies. And also, it was, like, making that cool guitar sound. So... It, you get that feedback of the music when you hit the rhythm mm-hmm. uh, and it changes like, you know, background music and stuff like that. So I think it was just really fun. Um, I don't know if I will beat it, but I played it for a while. I, I basically agree. I see a lot of people really flipping out about this game um, and really celebrating it, which is cool. I mean, I'm glad people are finding fun with it. It didn't click that much for me though. I, I think the animation's amazing. Um, it's got like a lot of high energy, you know positive upbeat vibe like it really it kind of gets your juices flowing which is cool i dig that um but i just i just didn't i was just kind of boring like i just felt like um the combat wasn't really that exciting and the jumping was awful the jumping is really awful and i don't care what anybody says that jumping sucks uh the camera just doesn't work and you don't float quite enough so i didn't care for the jumping um but it was i mean it just was like okay cool it looks amazing but once the the shock and awe of the impeccable presentation wore off I was just like, okay, I'm just punching robots, and this is like, okay, whatever. Right. Didn't connect with me. I just didn't. I'm. I got to the first boss, beat the first boss. I'm like, okay, that was that was cool, but I I'm good. Like, I don't think I want to go any further. Yeah, I feel like I think we're both on the same page here. It's crazy that I would say that too, because you look at the screenshots, you see it, you play the demo, and you're like, wow, this is like visually amazing, yeah, uh, and really yeah. cool to look at, and I like the world they built too, but I'm not. 
maybe it's because it's really focused on that rhythm, you know, thing that the rest of it just feels like a, a game that you would hit enemies and go to the next level. Yeah. It just feels pretty like if you took away the graphics, which are, you know, again, are amazing. I don't know that there'd be enough here to really keep your attention. And I don't know. It's, I mean, it's fine. I don't mean to shit talk it or anything. I know a lot of people are excited and this game's getting crazy scores right now. I have to feel like maybe that's a little bit of just like, you know, we're all caught up in the excitement of the zeitgeist and stuff, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to come back to it. I think one, one, one good chunk of levels and I'm like, okay, I, I know what this game is about and it's cool, but uh, it's not, it's not, not going to stick with it. So, all right. Well, we both played it. There you go. We tried it. Uh, okay. Let's move on to never awake. What system are you playing this on? Uh, PlayStation. PlayStation. Okay. I don't, I don't know anything about this one. Why don't you give us the capsule? I'm going to Google it while you're talking and I'm going to see what these screenshots look like. So never awake. Go for it. Very unique game. Very cool. Very interesting. Um, by Neotro. It's called the developer's called Neotro. Yeah. So this is a shooter, uh, 2d shooter, uh, not just left to right, kind of like left to right, up and down, you know, different directions. Okay. Okay. I remember this one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, kind of indie game and really cool art style. Um, it, it, there's a style that this is that I always want to like have a word for, but I never can think of. It's I don't want to say cartoony, but it's like comic booky maybe in a way. It's kind of like creepy, sad, cartoony a little bit. Yeah, like I'm looking at it, um, like gothicy, gothic, little in a gothic. Way. Yeah. Um. Anyways, the character is like this little. I don't know. Oh, is it, little girl? Are you a it? girl? No, because you're you're fighting for a girl who's stuck in her dreams and you are, I don't know if they say what your actual I mean, you kind of look like is. a girl in a wolf suit or something. Little or an suit. Animal yeah, suit or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just call you, you're a being in a suit. I'm not okay. sure what uh, they're supposed to be. And then you're fighting uh, these different levels, monsters and stuff like that in a shooter kind of setting, twin stick shooter style. So, you know, right analog, move it around and it's auto shooting. So you're just kind of aiming. Yes, okay. So it's very relaxing. It's like one of those shooters that are just super relaxing, in my opinion, uh, Twin Six Shooter. And yeah, you're fighting these levels to not actually kill the monsters and bosses. Yes, you're doing that, but you're doing it to get these souls. Like every time you kill certain monsters, you'll get these like collectibles. And you got to collect enough that equals 100% to clear the level. Gotcha. What my point is, is if you go through the world, the whole level, it's just kind of auto-moving you through a level, like a shooter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not always left and right, sometimes up and down, whatever, all over the place. And as you go through, you're trying to stay alive. You have a dodge move, which is, you know, quick quick dodge. And then you're aiming and shooting and getting um, all these souls. If you beat the level and there's a monster, the boss at the end, it just restarts you. Because they're waiting for you to get to 100% of souls. That seems kind of not great you think that would not be great but it's actually fucking great because why is it great yeah yeah, because in the traditional sense of like roguelikes and games like shooters where you're like oh i keep dying at this boss you don't really there's a bunch of things that'll make this easier this game easy but one is you're not really focused on beating the boss like the boss is just another big enemy Mm -hmm. and interesting i mean they're all really cool art style like weird monsters really weird monsters weird creatures weird worlds that feel like body parts and you know flowers and food it just it's just weird and i love it uh tim burton-esque almost in a way and then when you you know you do it you beat the boss you just keep going because it's about getting good at the the game itself and mechanics and like 
picking up stuff. I don't know. For some reason, I, I felt like it was more low stakes that it didn't like stick me at a boss and have to throw like a million, you know, bullet hell moment at me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's more like the boss is stronger, but not like, oh, you got to spend a ton of like, um, you know, time figuring out their moves and stuff like that. Right. Like that's what bosses I think of. I think of like, how do I figure out how to dodge all this stuff so I could beat them? Right. The, bo- the bosses here are just like big enemies, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Okay, so anyways, it's about a flow. Like this whole it's, th- this whole game is actually about a story. So the woman or the girl who's like stuck in her dreams, you're fighting all these different worlds to like learn about her because you get these diary entries. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you're trying to eventually like wake her up, I guess. And she's in a coma or something? Yeah, we don't know what's going on with her, but okay. she's never awake. Like oh, okay, of- that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, what doesn't make sense is some of the worlds that you go to are called really weird names, like Vegetable Forest and Dog Park. Um, <laughs> and I'm not sure why, 100%. This game has kind of some abstractness to it. Um, and then when you beat levels, you get diary entries, uh, or later on you get like pictures and stuff, and you're trying to like learn about this girl who had a rough go at it, you know, like some pretty dark story stuff. So, yeah, it's um, a girl fighting to wake up, and you're helping her by playing a shooter. Twin stick kind of shootery thing yeah. with, with low stakes and, and cool art. And the low stakes is really cool because, like, the other thing is as you go, you get upgrades. Um, not roguelike in the fact that you have to start over, but because, you, you know, when you clear a level, you've cleared it. But you can keep adding accessories and adding different weapons and um, things like that will pick up the souls for you, you know, things like that in a shooter. So lots of stuff like that. Um, And then also, when you die in a level enough times, which I have, you can use some of your souls. to. to, It's called an oversoul mode, which basically means you get crazy guns and it helps you beat that level. Oh, Um, so they don't want you to get stuck too long then. No, not at all. Because... But those cost, you know, the current, the in-game currency you that you sure, accure, sure. a cure, a crew, a crew, <laughs> or a cure, um, or a cure, either way. So, and that was really cool because I, I never felt like I was totally stuck because I was like, oh, this will. You still have to play the game. You know? You've always got something to fall back on. But though. you have something to fall back on. And then the other thing is they add an auto aim mode in, uh, and I thought that would just be like helping me aim, but I was like getting ready for this podcast and had the game on. And it automatically just started accidentally. Uh-huh. And the character was doing pretty good. Pretty good on her own, huh? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> do I need to play this game? Um, so, yeah, there's an auto-aim. But okay. it just makes it like totally low stakes and relaxing and weird monsters. Um, it's a cool game. All right, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I'll check that out. I don't know what this game is. I really am still confused, though. But like, I mean, but it sounds like you liked it, though. Yeah, I don't know what her situation is. I'm excited to, to kind of like learn about her story, but yeah. Well, it seems like maybe you know maybe it'd be a quick play since uh, you got that oversoul to fall back on, and if it's low stakes, maybe you'll just blast through it in a couple of days. You can uh, fill us in on what the story was. I think I will. There's 80 levels, and I've beaten like one huge you know part of it. I think there's like five different sections. So yeah, I'll go back in, and uh, I, I definitely think people should check it out. Yeah, the art looks pretty cool. I'll definitely check this one out. I haven't played a good shooter for a while, and this one seems pretty neat. So, all right. Never awake. It's all one word, right? Yep. Never awake. All right. Cool. All right. Let me talk for a little bit, uh, kind of circling way back onto a game that both you and I played during one of those Xbox demo 
festivals or whatever you know that they always hide real deep in like 19 menus and then they talk about oh come check out our our demo events we've got 40 indie games but we're not going to show you where they are you know those jammies yeah, that yeah. we always do sail forth you remember playing sail forth i don't <clears throat> remember uh i don't blame you we played it i mean at least a year ago if maybe even more than that i feel like maybe more than that um but this is a cute little game where the the gist of it is you play a little person low polygon person and you're in a boat and it's a sailboat and they use actual sailing physics as in if the wind is blowing east to west then you need to move your sail around in order to catch the wind in a certain way so that you can still go the way that you want to go but still work with the wind you don't have any motor um you have i think you have like minimal ore capacity like just to like get you unstuck or something. I don't think you can actually like or your way around. Yep. Um, so you have to use the sail. And at that point, they kind of just like let you go. And you're supposed to. I mean, honestly, the game is really bad about communicating what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to do it. I we When we played the demo, I'm like, OK, cool. Like you just like sail around and you fight pirates and you get pieces and you build your boat up. That seems OK. And that's basically what you do. Like you get left in this series of islands. It's not an open world. It is not an open world. You have like an island level where you have an island, a couple two, three islands and a piece of water. You do what you're going to do there. And then when you leave, it just warps you to like the next cluster of islands. So you're not like you're not sailing across the open water. This is not like um, Wind Waker or whatever. Like it's just uh, you're just going from small chain of islands to small chain of islands um and it's it's weird because i think this is a neat idea but my initial problem with this is that sailing is hard um you know it's a skill people have to learn it and you have to practice it and you have to get really good at that and i feel like the game is not very good at teaching you how to sail um if the wind is at your back and you open up the sail no problem you're getting pushed the way you want to go easy peasy but when the wind is blowing against you and you need to go that way. It's like, what the fuck am I? Okay, I, I realize there's a thing called tacking, um, but I don't exactly know how it works. I think you're supposed to like open your sail a certain way, and then zigzag or something. I'm I'm not a sailor, right? Like I never mm. really like I'm not I'm, I've never done sailing like this, right? So the game is just like, yo, move your sails and catch the wind. And I'm like, fucker, how? Like I don't I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. They're like, oh, trim the sails or let the sails out. I'm like, okay, well, which I I and I'm sitting there trying to experiment with it, right? I'm like, okay, wait. If I turn this way and then I do the sail this other way, am I going faster? I can't tell. What about if I go, uh, is this working? There is, there's not enough visual indicators to let you know that you're doing the right thing, right? Like it would be great if there was like a red X or something being like, you're not catching the wind. Okay, cool. And then I move my sail around and then it's like, green arrow, you're on the wind. Okay, okay, I got it. That would help me out a lot because I don't know shit about sailing. Yeah. And I just, I really struggled with like, moving the boat around and then when you get to like near an island sometimes it's just like an npc or some little fetch quest or something and then sometimes it's like pirates and they fire cannons at you and your cannons you, you have to be pointing your boat in the exact way that your cannons are otherwise you can't fire it's not like you just shoot them wherever so if your cannons are at the front and you're going sideways you can't shoot them and you're like okay but wait i gotta follow the wind and the wind's blowing the wrong way and i got how's my sail going and then i gotta turn back around but i'm not turning the right way and now I'm stuck because the wind's going the wrong way and I can't shoot. These guys are shooting me in the ass and it's not working. So it was like that for like the entire time I was playing. Like I just, every once in a while I catch this little patch where I'm like, oh yeah, okay, good. I'm going the right way and I'm moving pretty quickly and I'm aiming at the thing and it, it's working. And when it comes together, like it's pretty cool. But like I spent more time being stuck and not being able to navigate effectively 
uh, maybe that's me. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just my brain is not working with this. Maybe other people will be able to work work it more effectively. Mm. But awkward combat, awkward sailing, not nearly enough teaching, not enough visual feedback. Um, it just felt really slow and tedious. And then once you get to the world, you're just like, what am I supposed to do? Like you just you're just in the world doing whatever you want to do. And I I don't even know what I want to do. Like I mean, I'm just doing fetch quests for people. I'm sailing around shooting pirates. Like what's what's my goal? Like what is what is happening? I don't even know. So I'm guessing this game is probably like a labor of love for somebody who really loves to sail. And that's cool. I hope they got what they wanted out of it. But like it just really failed to connect with me. And I feel bad because you and I played this game at least twice during those Xbox demo events. Oh my goodness. So it's like you, this person has been working on this game all this time. I really hope they're not counting on this to like live or to pay their bills because I have a feeling this game's going to drop off the radar immediately. Mm. And it's been in development hell for a while. Mm. And so I'm just like, I I don't know, man. I got to feel those, bad about those sounds are me doing devil's advocate real quick. Okay. Ooh. Go for it. I, that's, yes. I don't know. That's the version of it now today. I don't know. Oh, Ooh. Um, sure. But what I want to say is before we get off of this um, topic is it's it's uh, the reviews on Steam are very positive. Okay, good. Um, 236. Uh, that's not, you know, nobody. Uh, some indie games, by the way, can live on uh, 100 or 1,000 sales. Yeah, right? yeah. So sure. uh, my buddy who's an indie game developer, you know, just gets a, a certain amount and it, and it works for him to pay his rent. So let's just not say we don't know. It, it might be doing fine um because steam I'm, is a I'm whole other place for them is all i'm scared for yeah them. yeah and you can be and on console <clears throat> it's actually another kind of like more difficult place to survive you know yeah because if it's uh i don't know if I'm, how much each developer by the way gets from game pass which is a topic we also haven't, haven't covered yeah, i don't know man no we idea. could because it's controversial episode if they make us if they made like a sense like in spotify's deals you know that'd be shitty but yeah, i don't know we don't should know. we should ask know. Uh, but yeah, I think that maybe a the people who do sail. I have friends who sail actually here in Seattle. Sure, and they're like all about it. So sure, sure. they probably know what the fuck they're doing like in two seconds. I would imagine so. You'd have to. But that again, to your point, is a very interesting cross point of people who sail in the real world and play video games, right? Probably so, a small small Venn diagram. There. What is that know. niche? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But but my my earlier point was just like yeah, maybe it's doing fine. And any game sales wise, I hope so. I hope so. I would just, I would just feel really badly if this was like the passion project for somebody, and they've clearly been working on it for a while because we've played the demo so many times, and then here it is, and it's just like, wow. I just, I'm really. I mean, I feel like I'm a person who who tries to give indies the benefit of the doubt. I play a lot of them. I really try to see the best in them sometimes, and I'm just, I'm really struggling with this one. So, anyway, sail forth. Yes, yeah, sail forth. Uh, but one before we leave, one review from Steam in the 13.6 hours I played. Very specific. Uh, um, at the time of this writing, Sailforth has become my favorite game to just sit and relax with. I enjoy sailing games. There you go. That means they understand sailing games. How many sailing games are there? Well, they said such as Sea of Thieves, Assassin's Creed 4, which I hated the sailing. I hated the boat part in that. <laughs> uh, and this game touches on just the right mix of what one would expect from those games to have fun with. Uh, anyway, so the point is that people who like sailing games, another niche, who are like, okay. I don't know, just kind of understand them might be better. If I'm, you're in the middle of that Venn diagram, this is your jam. Yeah, exactly. All right. Excellent. All right. Okay. Uh, one more game to talk about. This one came out a while ago, and I'm just now getting to it. It's called Despot's Game. D-E-S-P-O-T. Despot's Game. What? Are you serious? Hold on. I'm sorry. Right. I'm controversying everything you say this episode. I 
Apologize. Did you play this one too? No, but this is like an old game, right? Yeah, it's old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just it's feel old. like I brought it to the show. A. We both talked about it before. Okay, okay, okay. So how are yeah, you yeah, playing yeah. it? I don't, I don't know what year it came out. Uh, it just came out because why did I why did I play this? I don't they did know. something. I don't know. There was a PR push for it, I think, in December. And they were like, oh, Brad, we want you to take another look at this because uh, reasons. I'm sorry. I, I'm sure that the PR person did their job. It is my shitty ass memory that I don't remember why they wanted me to look at it again. But I said, yeah, I'll look at it again. Okay. Um, yeah, we both talked about this a while ago. And this is actually um, from developer Confa Games. They made another game called Despotism 3K, which we also talked about on the show a million years ago. Um, they've definitely got a vibe going. I mean, the despot thing in their in their universe is like an AI robot that rules over people, and people are tiny, six pixels high, disposable, fleshy resources, right? Mm-hmm. So like, there's no agency. You're at the the will of this evil AI. That's their that's their whole thing. Um, Despotism 3K was interesting, and in fact, I want to go back to it now um, because that was where you had to sacrifice a certain number of people in a variety of machines in order to hit a certain level. And you were just like, oh, if I put five people in the grinder and I put three people in the boiler, then it's going to give me this other certain thing. It was like a really weird, very unorthodox kind of thing. And I played it and I remember it being very difficult. I didn't get very far, but I think I'm going to go back to it again. But uh, Despot's game, same kind of thing. Like you're in a dungeon. It is a roguelike, which is probably another reason why they sent it to me. Uh, Despot is still there. The AI guy is still there. And you still have these tiny little six pixel high fleshy pink people. But you're let loose in a dungeon. And in this dungeon, um, you find randomized weapons. And so you have to uh, equip your little dudes with weapons. And then you go into like whatever room as you're exploring the dungeon. You do room by room. And in each room, there's like either um, a shop with new weapons. There's food you can buy. And there's enemies. And when you fight the enemies, you don't fight them one by one. You just assemble your guys. You buy as many as you want or you can afford. You hook them up with whatever weapons you have. And then you hit a button and they just go for it, like automatically AI battling out. So the humans have their own fighting script. The enemies have their own fighting script. And you just hope that you have given your guys enough weapons, armor, life, perks, whatever, to survive each battle, right? You want to go as far as you can. When we talked about this before, I think both of us were like, okay, it's kind of okay. But like neither one of us really liked it that much. I, we kind of both bounced off it. Um, but I gave it another uh, another go this week. And again, my initial response was, eh, I'm bouncing off it. But I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really try. I'm going to really try. Um, to, if I'm being perfectly honest, uh, I knew we were doing this recording. And I didn't want to start a new game before I, we did this recording because I wanted to have a fresh slate to start the next batch of games. And I'm like, I'm not going to start anything new. I'm just going to play what I got now. Uh, so my brain is not overloaded. So mm. I, I gave this game maybe more of a shot than I would have ordinarily given it. And I'm glad that I did because it took a while for me to crack the formula of what this game is. But now I understand it. And now that I understand it, I'm like, oh, this is really fun. I really like it. But like, it took me a while to figure out how it was working, how to read the the UI. Um, this game has uh, difficulty with controller. There's a button. You can hit like the select button or something. And it, it changes from d-pad controls to cursor uh controlled by the stick and that is the most effective way Mm. Uh, once i was able to use the cursor i was like okay this is this is working better and i just started to see that it was a balance of resources right it was like when do i buy a new guy because all the people eat food and you have a food limit so if you have too many people because you want to try to like swarm your enemy like a zerg rush or something you're going to run out of food because you can't feed them all and then you're going to weaken and die but you can't have too few people if you're trying to conserve food because then you're too weak and then you're going to get rolled by the enemies, right? So it's a balancing act of that. 
it's a balancing act of what kind of weapons you have. And there's also this mitigating factor of the more different types of weapons you have, the more perks you get. So you can't just have like 10 guys with a spear. You've got to have a guy with a spear and a guy with a shield and a guy that has a gun and a guy that's got a plunger and a guy that's got a pretzel and all these different things. And like the more variety you have, the more perks you have. And once you know how to manipulate the perk system, then you see your survivability go like way up, right? And so there's all these little bits and bobs to it. And the screen is really kind of strange. The UI is really kind of strange. The whole game is just really strange. Um, But now that I have understood it, I'm like, oh, this is actually really fun and cool and I like it. So it's a bit of a hump to get over, Mm -hmm. but I'm glad that I got over it. And I think that anybody who would want to check out a really unorthodox um, roguelike Give this one a try because I think the auto combat is actually pretty fun. It's interesting just having to worry about the weapons and the equipment and not having to worry about the actual combat. Nothing reflex based. It's all just about how much food do I have? How many people do I have? What weapons do I have? And just that like meta level of management gives a very different flavor to a roguelike. There's not a lot of those. I I can't say that I've ever played many of these. So I think that's interesting. Um, But just be warned. It's it's a little confusing at first. You might have to die a couple times and kind of mess around with the UI. And definitely go into cursor mode, not controller mode. Um, but I think there's actually a lot of fun to be had here. I'm actually kind of liking this one. And I think I may go all the way. I, I went really far on my last run. And uh, I think I've kind of got the hang of it now. So I'm going to keep on trying, I think. Cool. Yeah, speaking of very positive reviews on Steam, it's a 2,000 very positive reviews for this game. Um, and I remember it too. It, it feels like an RTS at times, right? A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like an RTS with a roguelike. And it's, I, I remember being very confusing in the beginning, like yes, very yes, confusing yes, yes. and being like, I'm going to stop playing this right now. So be aware that that's definitely the beginning where you're like, just trying to get your head wrapped around it. But once you do, yeah, I, I found some fun. I, 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 you have to be in the mood for that kind of simulation type game. Exactly. Yeah. And if you are, then I mean, it's good. Yeah. I, I'm glad that I came, I'm really glad I came back to it because I was able to find the fun after some struggle. It wasn't easy. But I got there. I'm glad I got there. And I think that this game has a lot to offer. Um, and I and now it's inspired me to go back and play um, Despotism 3K again. So I'm going to give that one another shot and we'll see how it goes. But cool. really interesting. Um, and if you want to check out a different kind of roguelike, uh, I think this is one to to check out. So there you go. Despot's game. There you go. Now, I've got a couple more games to talk about, but we're going to pause on that. We're going to talk about the main event, the game that has been simmering. For the last two weeks, we were going to talk about this last week, but then we had real life scheduling issues. Couldn't make it happen. We're making it happen right here, right now. We're going to be talking about the game that everyone was talking about, I guess, last week. But people are still talking about this week. Yeah. Forspoken. Forspoken. Um, We played the demo. We had a lot of questions about the script and the lines. But I think we both were kind of like interested in the gameplay. So I am extremely curious to see where you are, did you finish it, how far did you get, and what are your current thoughts, Carlos? So before you get into all the details, you want to give us a quick recap of what Forspoken is? Oh my goodness, I'm, I'm simmering. I'm should simmering. I it, should, should I just do the recap and you explode? Yeah, I don't know. You, you do the recap. Do the I want to hear your okay. recap. <laughs> I haven't played this, but as far as I know, this is uh, put out by Square Enix and one of the sub-teams. Um, I forget which team it was, but um, basically you play a girl who gets sucked into like some other dimension and all of a sudden she's got like magical powers. So I don't know exactly more more than that of the story, but in terms of the gameplay that we played, 
you had a bunch of different buttons that all keyed to different uh, magic items, different spells. And so it seemed like you were kind of queuing them off based on cooldowns, um, different elements, different spells, different combinations. And you were kind of going like in an open world type area. So you were free to roam and use whatever spells against whatever enemies you had. I thought that the gameplay was kind of compelling. It seemed kind of rough and janky, but also really full of promise. And I was very interested to see more. Um, but I know the big pause for both of us was... Um, story seemed kind of cringe, lines seemed kind of cringe. We weren't sure if that was going to play out. But again, to be fair, the demo was like in media res, right? We didn't start from the beginning. We were just thrown into the middle of it without knowing too much. So I think both of us wanted to go back to square one and give it a fair shot. I have not done that yet. Yeah. Uh, but now you, I'm assuming, have... Uh, yeah, because they give you code, right? You got a code for this. I got a code for this. Yes, yeah. that's right. That's right. Um, we got a code. Thank you to the developers uh, for sending that code over. And you got to, the chance to start fresh and clean from beginning square one. So I am very curious to see what's up with, with, with Forspoken? Well, this is going to take a while, but um, I will say this to start. It's Luminous Productions is the kind of uh, house within Square Enix that worked on this. That's okay. what they call Luminous Productions. Uh, I believe some of the people worked on um, Final Fantasy fifteen, right? Uh, that is true, but there's also one other game they did, and I can't remember what it was. I'm going to look it up real quick, but keep talking. Right. Yeah, Luminous yeah. Productions. Um, so I just to recap, uh, I played the demo with you too. I believe I don't think I talked too much about the dialogue because we were it didn't really give you much dialogue in the demo. It's like you just went in and had like had all these powers, and I remember being frustrated by like the menu and um, being a little confused at the frame rate was a little low. But yeah, I was I was interested, but I wasn't like uh, cringe or anything like that. I think a lot of people are. That's the whole thing is that they're cringe about dialogue. But I want to get into that. So. Um, Fuck me, where do I start? Uh, next episode, by the way, I'm going to review this because I, I need to add my score to Game Critics or yeah, to we Metacritic. Totally do that. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm just going to rant today. Um, but I have to add my score because we've got we've to write the tables here. Um, yeah, so fuck me, where do I start? Should um, I ask you some questions? I know, that might be better. No, hold on. Let me say one thing. So I did play the game. Um I think the very thing I want to start with is that all the similar to what I started with in this episode of this podcast of information and, you know, misinformation going out there that people just run with on the Internet is yeah. so destructive and so frustrating to me because uh, what happened in this game before I even start talking about it is that um, the the main um, uh, character, Frey, it, you know, says some lines in the beginning that I wouldn't even fully call cringed. I just say that, like, they overuse fuck in the beginning, although I love the word fuck. Um, and there's a couple kind of, like, corny moments. Let's just say that. But what game doesn't have corny moments that we played? Are you kidding sure, me? Sure, There's, like, 8,000 corny moments in some of my favorite games. This game, because I played it, uh, a lot longer than the fucking people listening and just regurgitating uh, information they heard on online uh, doesn't have like a moment, but moment to moment cringe. Like that's not what's in this game. But what happened is people found a couple things early on, and I know they're early on because I played the game now. And right, right, it was like forty five minutes in. There's a scene, and it just gets replicated online. They're like. Oh, I can shoot powers now. I, oh, I, I can do that now. Yeah, people get you know? posting the same like few gifts or the few short yeah. clips 
you're taking, you know, obviously a line out of context because we don't know what came before or what was happening. So, but in general, I because because I played the game, all those clips were from the beginning of the game, which means they didn't play the fucking game. So it's like in that moment of you regurgitating that same scene, you're telling me you didn't even obviously play the game right. because yeah, yeah, for sure. In for the sure. very first town that you go to, the very first town, right? Not a twenty hours in kind of thing. You meet a girl. And I will go to a little bit more of the gameplay and I'll have you ask me questions, but this is all to kind of quell this rage that I have. Right, right. <clears throat> is that in the very first town you go to, you meet a little girl. Now in the real world, which is, you know, the whole story is about a, a woman who's in New York City and she gets transported to this fantasy world and then Athia, Athia. And in this world, she's got to fight monsters and learn about her past and stuff like that. But in the, in the real world, in New York, she's, you know, had some crime in her past and she's, you know, done some Grand, Grand Theft Auto and stuff. And so she, when she gets to her first town, after, yes, swearing a bunch that she can't fucking believe that she's there, uh, and holy shit, I have fucking powers, she gets to a town and she meets a little girl who's a pickpocket. And she immediately is like, sees herself in the girl, right? And so she gives her like a hint, you know, like, hey, if you're going to steal someone's wallet, do this, you know? Yeah. But but then she feels bad that she gave her advice like that because she's she's trying to change. Right, right. So right. you immediately in the first town see that she's there's some development. There's something that bad happens with that girl, by the way, the little girl. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. And you see her fucking cry and like have emotions and and immediately you start seeing that her she's trying to change who she is and she's feeling bad about who she is. So again, all these reviewers and these people on Twitter, all they had to do is play to get to the first town. And they would have had a different take. They could have had a different take. But this world isn't about that. And this is my rant. This world right. wants hate bait. This world wants hate and divis- divisiveness. You're talking about the real world. That the we're real world. In. Yeah, okay. And so when you go to the internet, that's what the fucking internet wants, even when it comes to games. Yeah. And so it just made me so distraught. And I knew that that was the case. I just had a feeling that was the case, and that's why I wanted to play it. So... I will go in now into more of the game. Well, I I want to support you on this. I think you're actually, I'm glad that you did this. I'm glad you did the research because, you know, you and I both found value in the gameplay. I mean, we both were kind of on the same page. This seems like it's really worth looking into. And I'm glad that you got the chance to go in because, you know, obviously people were posting the same clips. I didn't know anything about the story. And, you know, anything can be cringe if you take it out of context. What this really reminds me of is when when the first Nier came out and uh, somebody really famous took a dump on it. Because of they got stuck at this one fishing minigame, which they didn't know what they were doing. And it really, like, it spun out of control. People were being really mean and tearing the game down. I mean, of course, that's changed because Nier is, like, everybody's favorite game now. But back then, people were shitting on it, like, left and right. And it was just because somebody famous was wanting to score points. And that that definitely kind of felt like what was going on here, where somebody with a following posted a weird clip of, of Forspoken and nobody's playing the game. Nobody's finding the context. Nobody's looking into it. And then it just spirals and spirals. And here we are. So I'm glad that you. I'm glad you're coming back and setting the record straight. I'm glad that we're getting this other perspective. And on. I and I hope that that the reasoning behind that doesn't have to do also with that it's a woman protagonist because that seems like so old school. Yeah. That it's a woman of color, right? I hope none of those are the reasons. Agree. I, I fear that it is for some people, right? Because. We have a, a, a good chunk of the internet that's hateful uh, sure. for everything that is different and they don't yes. understand, um, which kind of goes back to the J.K. Rowling thing, which is fucking bullshit. So I don't know how much of that was wh- what that was, but this game is fucking good, if not great at times. And it really has a great, and you would not believe this from hearing the internet, 
a great fucking story at the end because hmm. now again specifically when you play games we talk about this all the time it's where you are in your life and how it hits you sure right now i'm in the fucking dollops is it dollops the dollops? doldrums doldrums i'm in the doldrums i can't talk but i'm in the doldrums i'm feeling super down Frey in in this game starts off the game on a bridge and that's all i have to say right thinking about maybe jumping and she's got yeah a criminal past which again fuck those people on twitter who said like oh i don't care about her because she's um a criminal they they would say that and i was like holy shit dude just play the game but and also fucking shut up because a ton of people are criminals you know what I mean? That's not doesn't make you an yeah. evil if person. If we didn't care about everybody who's got some criminal thing in their Fucking past, I mean, that'd hell. be discounting a whole hell of a lot of people. Why I was so um, it connected to me so much is I'm feeling down. She's feeling down. She gets put in this fantasy world, similar to the game Prey, the original Prey. Oh, uh, yeah. When that yeah. guy was in that weird world with aliens, he would say "fuck" a lot, okay, uh, because he was like, "What the fuck's going on?" When he did that, I liked it because if I was in a fantasy world all of a sudden, I would say fuck a lot. I'd be like, Brad, are you fucking seeing this shit? You know? Sure, sure. There's no way I wouldn't talk like that. And what, they want her to all of a sudden be like amazed by a mystical world and like change her dialect? So I think that's also weird. You know, people are like taking her to task for being like swearing. I I will not stop swearing if I go to a fantasy world. All right? Sure, sure. Okay, I got all that off my chest. The last piece is the story bit. I finished this game. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. I was going to ask you. Okay, I fucking went nuts, dude, because not only did it speak to me, but the gameplay, which I'll get to in a second here, is fun as shit. And when you get to the end to finish with the story bit and to finish off my rant, it really fucking makes a lot of sense. I won't spoil it. Um, and it really does, if you are feeling bad about yourself and wanting to live, you know, basically... Um, th- they talk about that. That's what this game is about. And that's what makes me even more livid that it would be dis- it disbanded so quickly on Twitter when it has such an important message. And the literal end is about that. Like, it's literally about, you know, picking yourself up and trying, you know, gotcha. even gotcha. when you don't want to. Yeah. Um, so anyways, so fuck the haters because you're, you're doing a disservice to people who could really use this game. And I'll let the vitriol slow down. And now let's talk about the game. Yeah, let's talk about the gameplay. Because, I mean, I think regardless of the story bits and regardless of what people were saying about it um, pre and post-release, I mean, I think we both really kind of connected with the the gameplay. I mean, I know I definitely wanted to play more of it. I wanted to experiment. And I definitely wanted to go to the beginning. We kind of felt like there was a lot going on, a lot of menus. I wasn't going to mess with the skill tree because it was just a demo but I mean, it seemed like a lot of depth there, but I would want to be walked into it. But being out in the world, using the different spells and positioning yourself as you would just, you know, over the open terrain seemed really, really kind of intriguing. So I'm hoping you're going to say the gameplay rocks. Yeah, it does rock. And and here's the number one reason for people listening um, who've played the demo like us and were kind of uh, put off by it a little bit. One, it wasn't finished. So the framer is better. Put it on oh, good. Per- oh, performance good. mode and it's like smooth, buttery mm-hmm. smooth. Um you just don't want to put it on that, you know, fidelity, high fidelity mode. No, no. You always got to do the frame rate. You got yeah, to do yeah. yeah. And this game is fast and frenetic, right? Um, the other thing is the demo literally gives you too many powers. Yes, so you have tons. You, you just don't know what the fuck to do. And you're like, is this a better choice? Is this not? When you start the game, you have one skill set, right? 
and like a few different powers from it. And there are phrase powers, phrase magic. And as you beat different bosses, you get new trees and new skill trees. Perfect. perfect. Magic Slow trees. ramp up. Slow they ramp walk you up. into it, sounds like. And okay, this good. game does an amazing job of making you feel stronger as you go because you're like, oh, now I can do this. Now I can do that. The other thing that's interesting and not my favorite thing, I guess my only mini con, okay. is that different enemies are resistant or weak to certain magic. Like elemental yeah, like Pokemon. and stuff? Yeah, Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of annoying when you're like super high level and you feel like you should just be clearing shit out. But certain enemies have more like bold sponginess to them just because they're resistant. So that's a little bullshit. Uh, I know why they're doing it because they want you to like experiment and stuff like that. But yeah. in late game, I didn't care. I just wanted to have one power that just, you know, ruled them all. Yeah. And you can't. Like even bosses, like especially the last boss, you've got to like jump around. And so, yeah, you've got to upgrade your whole tree on each one of them. But the demo does a bad job of like giving you too much at once. So It was kind of overkill, yeah. But I did yeah. I did pick up on that. I mean, I get what you're saying cuz I don't usually like to futz around with like, you know, who's resistant to what, but it did seem like one of the main thrusts of gameplay was having an array of spells and then switching back and forth between um, you know, like somebody was resistant to stone and then you hit him with fire. Then this guy is resistant to fire. Then you hit this guy with water or whatever. Um, question about that. I don't remember too clearly from the demo. Maybe it's different now, but like, are you keyed in pretty quickly, um, at least visually? Or like, do you know pretty rapidly whether someone is resistant to something? Is it is it surfaced or do you are you just like, are you watching the numbers? Like, oh, I hit this guy for 15. No, no, it's surfaced. For... Okay. Yeah. Good. So okay. there's two things you can do. One, you can scan things. So at some point in this game, the whole game is you meet a, a thing, like a bracelet thing. Uh, an armband. It's called Cuff. Uh, its name is Cuff because it's sentient. I see. And um, yes, and then um, and then it can scan the landscape, which is you know in tons of games where you hit like up arrow and it just quick scans everything. Like a little ping around you. Yeah, ping. Okay. And so that ping will include uh, resources and enemies. So that when you get to an enemy, you can push up on it and it will say what it's resistant and weakness to. Okay. But even if you don't use that and just hit it a bunch a word will come up and it will say resistant or a oh, word will come up and say weakness. So I think that was really cool of them to do. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, okay. So that aside, the things that it does well is switching between, uh, you know, like kind of those little radio menus for magic. Yeah. 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 Even if I had I, at the end of the game, I had like four full menus. I was, I knew how to navigate them. It, they do a really good job of it. Um, and so that's not a problem. It's just you have to ramp up, you know. And secondly, um, this wasn't mentioned either, but this is PS5 exclusive. The PS5 controller is not talked about enough. I do talk about it a lot. But the way that it does the trigger and the haptic feedback is really cool and unique. And this game, one of the er earliest powers you get is parkour, but like magical, fast parkour. And you essentially just hold the circle button down and maybe every once in a while hit X at the same time, and you do all these kind of moves, and you just fly around the landscape, right? But as you're doing that and traversing, it rumbles ever so slightly, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you remember that, but like maybe you didn't get as no, far as No, I turned I it did. off. I don't like the haptic stuff. Oh, you don't like it. That's right. Well, for us, of those of us who do, uh, it's pretty amazing, especially later on when you're like battling enemies and stuff like that. Um, I really liked it. Um, and then, yes, in general, like the game world is just fun to traverse. Is it empty? My, mini con number two. Yes, it's pretty empty. There's monsters and resources and, you know, like 
like a Far Cry game, this game has an Ubisoftness to it, where you're like, oh, there's that one place that I can save at, right? That's my save house. And here's my um, place where I can get a better cloak. And here's a place where I can get a better weapon. Here's my stats increase. You can see those all on the map, right? So you're always like going to those places and it's not changing. But, but we're not talking about like like Elden Ring where like every time you turn a corner, there's something weird to discover or there's some new right. thing. It's, it's just not more like, like a, yeah, yeah. It's more like yeah, yeah. Um, there's different biomes and different like places you go to that do definitely have a different color palette and feel. But um, just not in the way of like Elden Ring. It's just gotcha, kind of like gotcha. you got you, you know what you're looking for. Exactly. Um, and there's a ton of side missions. I did a bunch, but I beat the game and didn't you know beat them all. It, you don't need to. Um, and the only other mini con, because there's three in a row, is that the final boss. I switched it to easy mode because it just seemed way too bold spongy, um, and I had full armor, like super super upgraded armor, and he was like uh, not almost one shotting me at times. And it didn't make sense. So I just feel like developers need to watch that last boss in games. You know, they every really developer do. has to watch every last boss because that seems to happen. All it the seems time. all the time. Yeah. And so I switched it to easy and then I felt like uh, like normal. It actually felt like, oh, yeah, now I have to be smart and like and beat it. So um, and then lastly, I'll say this is that after you beat the game. Another f- thing that I love is it continues. The story continues. And then it says, hey, jump back if you want. But then there's new missions, too. Oh, nice. So it's okay. like everything. It's like, hey, you're this person now, no spoilers, and you're doing these things now, and keep doing them, and you could do them for as long as you want, and there's a bunch of new missions. Nice. I love that. Yeah. So anyways, I think this is like, I'll review it next episode. I think it's like eight or nine. Okay. Um, it makes me feel like I want to make it a 10 just because I'm mad at everybody. because you're mad, yeah. <laughs> um, but I won't do that. I won't let that like cloud my vision because there's a couple cons. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think it's an 8 or 9, and it's a fucking fun game. And it isn't all cringe, and you can actually turn Cuff, who's the, like, you know, the sentient being thing, you can turn his um, banter down a little bit. I heard that, yeah. Yeah, so I did that. I put it on minimal, and... I wish I could do a spoiler, but there's something about Cuff. Well, I, I, I will say this. Another one more defending thing. Okay. I see a lot of stuff online saying, like, Cuff is so mean, it doesn't fit. It, it's so weird that he's mean all the time because he's very condescending to the girl. And I, I was like, well, that is bad, right? Like, why would you do that? There's a story reason. There's a really big story reason. Okay. So that just squashes that, too. Because that was all, right. all over the internet. They're like, why is he so mean to her? And she's swearing. It's a dumb comp- you know, combination. Yeah, yeah exactly. But it's, it, it totally makes sense in the scope of a full game. It's like, okay. oh, I, I, I didn't finish reading that one book. But, I, you know, it's dumb. Right? <laughs> yeah. Did you finish the movie? No, I didn't finish watching. I watched the first 30 minutes. But it's fucking dumb. Um, that's my rant this this yeah, episode. Yeah, people running away and not having the full story, and and not honestly, not even really giving it a chance. So not even a chance. And again, for people who are like me and just kind of this, you know, down setting, and you're feeling depressed, this game is important. It makes you feel stronger as you play it. Like literally, right? It's an RPG. You get more and more powers. You the character grows and actually does fucking cry and have feelings and is mad and upset at herself. And then at the end. There's a redemption arc. So, I don't know. I can't speak highly enough of it. I think it's really fucking good. Good, good. I'm I'm definitely going to play this one. I don't know when, but I, I, I want more of that open world gameplay. I was really intrigued by the different magical menus and kind of like on-the-fly gameplay. And, uh, and now that you're saying there's 
story reasons and an arc and development and stuff. I mean, that's great. I, I, I understand what it is like for a game to get a, a rough go of it from the start. And when people are kind of gunning for it without any real good reason. And it seemed pretty clear that people had already had their knives out for this one, um, you know, well before release. So um, I'll, I'll give it a, a fair shake for sure. I'm glad that you have given it a fair shake and uh, we will look forward to your full scored eventually hitting metacritic review yes next week and before we leave the topic because it's already most controversial episode ever i'll just get this last piece out um yeah why did they have their knives out before you know that's the question why did they have their and why do they have their knives out for other things before like what is what's with society right now like okay what is with it? Why, why, why do you want to so be fundamentally awful and broken? Well, not even that. Yes, but not even that. Cause I don't want to say fundamentally to everybody. I want to say, why are a majority of people online very specific? Remember, cause yeah. in my neighborhood, those people aren't maybe not, not here. Maybe they're in this apartment building. Who knows? But the point is very specifically, why are people right now, a ton of people, I, I maybe even say majority on social networks, fundamentally ready to attack like what is what's going on in our our society's psyche that wants that and how do we change that because that is not only a problem for video games it's a problem for just people um and i'm fucking sick of it like it's reason why i don't even use twitter much i jump on every once in a while i look at what you're posting but i don't i definitely stopped using it and and a lot of other social networks it's like this kind of thing of and I'm preaching the choir. I know you know this, but I also think that us adding to it is also a problem. Like us adding the debates. This is the controversial episode. Like, I don't know if it's, if it's a negative that we keep debating with the people who are just wanting to watch the world burn because that's the, uh, the Pepe, the frog thing, you know, and the fortune of of this world, like they want to get a rise out of good people. And, do, why the fuck are we going to rise for them? Oh, well, I mean, we're we're together on that one. Then I don't like I I I don't know. We haven't really talked about this recently, but that's over. I'm I'm done debating with anybody. I don't debate anybody. I just I block and I move on because those people don't want to have a debate. They don't want to talk about things. You'll never ever win them over. They just want to stir the shit and get reactions out of people. And I'm done with that. So, I mean, if somebody comes to me with like a legit question and really and really seems like, oh, I'd like to know about this and let's discuss. Yeah, sure. No problem. I'm happy to talk about that. But when you get these like shitheads dropping into your mentions, like already on fire, already just like ready for, you know, loaded for bear and all this stuff like zero debate. I just block and I move on because they're not worth the time. And I don't recommend anybody else waste your lifespan on those fuckers either. Yeah, I know. I just feel like the, the, the stuff that we put out there. It just feels like it's hard for anybody to have serious debate. And by the way, just really quickly to piggyback or go back to the, what we said in the beginning with conservatives, I know your thoughts on them, and I don't really have thoughts on terms anymore. I've, I've given up on terms even. Uh, I know that people think that, that they're valuable. I don't, but that's just my thoughts. And what I'm saying is, you know, there's this great documentary. I'm going to forget the name of it, but um, those two guys debate on – the talk show, uh, one's a Republican, one's a Democrat, or one's a conservative, one's more liberal. What's the name of that documentary? I don't know. Anyways, know. it's two people, and this is, I don't know, the 50s, I guess, maybe 50s, 60s, and they have great debates, and they're like totally opposite opinions. But sure. like, they're not throwing knives. 
they're not um, uh, calling each other's like personal lives out. You know what I mean? None of yeah. that. They're like having incredibly de- uh, strong debates against each other. And then when you watch the show, I remember when I watched this documentary, you're like, well, that's a good point. <laughs> like that guy, I don't agree with most of the stuff he says, um, but that's a good point. You know? Yeah. I mean, so, I, I wish that would be true, but we're just not in that space anymore. Like as a culture, as a society, in terms of media, we are not in that space anymore. I, d- I do not believe it is possible to have debates. And I think the large part of that is because the people we're having debates with no longer have an interest in debate. They no longer have an interest in this country. They no longer have an interest in democracy or in cooperation. Um, we have an enemy at home, and it's the conservative party. Like they, they just don't care about America. And there's no debating with an enemy. Like you cannot win them over, you can't convince them. It's all misinformation and propaganda and hate all the time. And there's just no, there's no middle ground on that. So we are in a different time and place. And I would love to be able to go back and have honest discussions with people. Maybe we disagree, but we both at heart love America, love people, love diversity. Um, But we are not in that space anymore. I'm not going to pretend like we are. And I wish that, uh, that hopefully we can get back to that. But this it's, We've got a lot of work to do before that's ever going to be possible. Let me let me say one more thing on that. One, the documentary is called Buckley versus Vidal. Okay. Uh, best of Enemies. That's the name of it. Best of Enemies. All right. I highly recommend that for everybody. Where did, where did you watch it? I forgot. I saw it so many long time ago. It was 2015 it came out. Okay. Um, but just like a Best of Enemies streaming. It's somewhere. Um, okay. And the other thing is there's tons of people in this country who aren't the conservative party are, who want to be conservative and they're getting confused. So that's the the other problem, right? Like they're not they're not inherently against or like in in the same um, positioning as the conservative party or the po- political leaders, right? Sure, sure. They're like, hey, you know, either their whole family that did that the whole life, and they're just part of that, you know, um, or they just have again, like best of enemies, they have conservative politics, which you can have. Like you can have conservative uh, policies or ideas or things about how much we spend and you know government spending all that stuff. Like those things are okay to have, and that's what I'm saying is that's it's important that it's not like uh, a demonizing of the whole concept because I might have a, a idea of being conservative on something, right? Um, but that doesn't make me like part of their party and the things that they're the fucking evil things that you know some of them are doing. Yeah, because I, mean, I agree so- on that. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, and like you know, if we're talking about like tax policy, like one of us wants a wants a point two percent tax, and one of us wants an eight percent tax, and one of those is deemed quote unquote like fiscally conservative, and one is not. Right. I mean, that's 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 something different. I mean, unfortunately, the label of conservative, the label of Republican, has been co opted by people who are effectively fascist Nazis, um, and it's just a fact. So you may have feelings and thoughts about how the country is run, about policy things. And if you want to do that, great, but you can't use that word anymore. You got to find a new word because that that's corrupted now. It's 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 burned. Mm. Um, so anybody using those words now is basically saying, I'm a fucking Nazi, I'm a fascist, and that's who I am. Cool. Thank you for letting me know who you are. Um, but for those people out there who like maybe want less government spending in a realistic way, not a fucking stupid Republican way, or people who, you know, we can have policy discussions, that's fine. I mean, but 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 currently the way that we're structured. Nazi or not Nazi. That, those are our choices right now. I okay. choose not Nazi. Well, I do And too. we need to carve out a new space for other people. And so to your point, kind of, and also kind of to another point, uh, and then we will finally finish this, is that um, I, I don't like labels. And that's why I said in the beginning, I don't like labels. I think the words divide us, right? 
like you're Brad and I'm Carlos. Like <laughs> I don't I don't call you a conservative, liberal, or whatever you want to be. I don't I don't care. I mean, you could tell me what you are. I won't listen to it. Like I'm sorry. It just I I've never I don't think I've ever brought this up, but I don't subscribe to those things because of this main reason. It hurts people like black and white. Oh, and they they divided us before, you know. Uh, those are the Native Americans that we don't fuck with them, you know. I, yeah, they were here first, but we're gonna take all their shit, um, laughing out of pain. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I, I just think that words and labels are fucking terrible. We're human beings on a planet, and um, we should try to fucking get along and be I nice. Mean, but whatever. I I agree with you. I agree with you. The only thing I'll add to that is when a Nazi comes up and says, "I'm a fucking Nazi." And he uses the label on themselves and he lets you know, then they've self-labeled and I'm fine to run with that. So other than that, I mean, I agree with that's you. That's fine. I mean, you could say like, yeah. uh, you could walk up to someone and be like, I'm a murderer and, and you're giving yourself a label. And I'm like, maybe I shouldn't hang out with a murderer then. Okay, yeah. got it. Got it. <laughs> but again, it's what that label is and how they're using it. And and I don't know. There's very specific labels that are like really fucking evil. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be around those people if they're saying that kind of stuff. But Anywho, anyway, I had, I had to add it to the most controversial episode ever because we probably won't ever talk about it again. Um, that's not true. Yes, we totally will. We probably will. will. We probably will. Okay, so next week, final review scored yes. for Forspoken. That's going to go up on Metacritic next week. You're going to do whatever post game quest, wrap it up, formulate your thoughts, and we will put a bow on it. Right? Yep. All right. Excellent. A um, couple more games here, then we'll bounce. Um, we're going to get back to Wonderland Nights, White Rabbit's Diary. It's All so right. weird to me. That you call this one out. What got your what what drew this to you? Like well, why, why did you pay attention to this? Very thing? interesting. Perfect uh segue, kind of. Segue back. Uh Alice in Wonderland is a huge topic for Forspoken. Oh, um, okay. In Forspoken, she literally finds the book multiple times. Uh, I didn't talk about this because it's a minor spoiler, but there's some really interesting side stories that happen in that game that aren't in the fantasy world. Um, anyways, she finds that book and people call that game. I always forget what it's called, but like there's a term that I think Japanese anime uses um, that is about Alice in Wonderland type format. It's Isekai, isn't it? Like Isekai, yeah, is that's like right. Yeah. Goes, goes they're somewhere in a new world and they're figuring things out. And yeah, stuff, right? yeah. So that's why there's the pairing. And so then when I was in that mode, I went to the store real quick because um, I've just been playing Forspoken. And I saw that and I was like, Alice in Wonderland. And also the art style looked really cool. Uh, and it's a visual novel, right? So yeah, kind of, kind of. Um, yeah. So Wonderland Nights, White Rabbit's Diary, uh, is it's it's. I don't even know how to even describe it. It's it's not exactly a visual novel. First of all, what is it? So you you play as the White Rabbit, and you're in Wonderland. Um, I haven't seen Alice. You're just dealing with like the different kings and queens, the Queen of Hearts and the King of Hearts, and all the different suits, the clubs, the spades. The, the uh, diamonds, etc. Uh, so basically, the premise is they're all getting together at the Queen of Hearts castle. They're having this big once a year debate when they talk about um, our what is our stance on magic, what is our stance on uh, I don't know, like immigration and taxes, and like they they're they're basically as the kings and queens of the four realms. They are deciding policy. They're allowed to vote on it, mm. um, but before they vote on it, they're gonna do rich people shit. They're gonna eat a lot of food. They're gonna play some uh, sports. At the palace, they're going to, you know, treat themselves at the spa. They're going to do all this stuff. And you as the white rabbit, like kind of the concierge of the whole thing, you need to uh, figure out who gets along with who. And so you put those people together to make sure they have a good time. You also have to figure out what their stances are on all of your topics. 
So basically, the game is like a spreadsheet. Uh, and there is mm. literally a spreadsheet where you have all the the different people. It's like, I think there's three each, like King, Queen, and Duke, or King, Queen, and Princess. Something like, I think there's like three people per suit, I believe. And then you have a bunch of events. There's like uh, Croquet, and there's Falconry, and there's uh, Tea Party, and there's, you know, there's a bunch of different events. And then there's also the topics, and the topics are like, what is your stance on magic? What is your stance on... Uh, I don't know, artwork or something, like whatever. There's a bunch of different, like, you know, quote unquote political topics. And so you get this book that has the spreadsheet and the queen is like, okay, so put people together, have a good time. And then we need to make sure that we get what we want. And I, I like, for example, she'll be like, I want magic. I want magic to happen. So put people together who like magic. And then they're going to, if they encourage each other, they will vote pro magic at the end of the day. What? So this game what, is not what I thought it was that's this that's literally what this is and so Weird. you what did you think it was i just a visual i mean it literally calls itself a visual novel oh i mean ish it's yeah. sort of it but seems not like really a, a strategy of things yeah. with the spreadsheet yeah it's basically like a spreadsheet game where you need to figure out and, and you start the game you don't know anything about anything right other than just like maybe somebody will will mention a hint like the queen will be like oh i really uh i'm really excited to try out this new spell later on and then the king will be like oh I'm, I'm excited to get back to my falcons and you're like okay so the king probably likes falconry and the queen probably likes magic they give you like little hints like that some of them are, are pretty clear and some of them are not really clear and some of them there's no clues where you just have to kind of randomly take a stab at it and as you go um, based on the results the, the the book will fill in the spreadsheet will fill in so like you can go back and say okay I don't remember the Duke of Spades, what was his damn? He, oh, he likes magic, but he doesn't like falcons. And he likes tea parties, but he doesn't like being outside. And then you use those clues to kind of match them up more effectively as the festival goes on, right? Mm. So that's that's what you do. That is the exact game. Um, I didn't finish it. Uh, I don't know that I'm in the market for something like this. It's interesting and it's different. And if talking to people and finding out their likes and dislikes and keeping track of that seems interesting to you, you should check it out because I don't think there's a lot of games like this. There's a few, but there are not many. Um, and this one, the artwork is pretty great. Yeah. Um, they give the artist special credit. I wasn't familiar with her name, but apparently she's like some kind of professional illustrator, uh, which makes sense because the artwork is, is wonderful. It's beautiful. And I think it's just a really cool, interesting topic. It didn't grab me. I, I don't think I'm going to finish it, but I think it's definitely interesting and worth a look. If anything I've said sounds even remotely, uh, remotely curious to you. Yeah, I think uh, it's definitely good that you told me that. And you had to be in the right mood for it, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. But the art style is definitely cool looking. So that's White Wonderland Nights, White Rabbit's Diary. One more game, and then we're going to get to the end of the show here. Um, it's called Brave's Rage. Uh, this is coming out uh, from Astrolabe Games, which we talked about uh, a while ago. I know that the president said he listens to the podcast. So what's up? How's it going, Astrolabe? Thank you for sending me this code. This is a very unusual turn-based strategy kind of a deck builder kind of a roguelike also um kind of none of those things a little bit it's interesting um you how do i describe this you start the game as as a character you just pick i think you're like a rogue or something like that and you go out into this grid and every square on the grid is an encounter it could be a battle it could be treasure it could be healing it could be a story event that could be positive or negative. So kind of like your basic roguelike stuff. And um, there's also a real-time element, which I found to be very interesting. Um, as you're 
so what you're going to do this stuff you get into a battle and then you're on one side enemies on the other 2d plane and you have to Man, I'm struggling so hard to even explain this. It's so well, strange. It's called ATB, which means like active time battle, right? Yeah, it's kind of active time battle. Similar to that. Yeah, it is. Where you have your powers on the bottom of the screen, and every six seconds or something, you get a new power, and you can you can key off a power every six seconds. So it's like the deck that you have, they'll deal you a new card. You can also see when the enemies are going, and you know when their attacks are going to happen. So you want to play a card that's going to, you know, attack or defend or something. But you also have to be mindful of when you play it. Because number one, you might not be ready because you're still waiting for your cooldown to happen. But also, you have to pay attention to what is the enemy doing? Where are they on the screen? Because let's say, for example, you're going to fire an arrow. You fire an arrow, but you weren't watching the enemy. He keys off a power right when you key off a power. And his power makes him move forward. And then you fire your arrow and the arrow hits the blank space where he used to be. So you have to be mindful of, is he going to move soon? Mm. If he is going to move soon, what is he going to do? Where is he going to move? Some powers that you have are very location specific. Like I said, the arrow goes in the back. You also have like a little trap that goes right in the front. So like you can lay your trap down and if you trigger it, um, nobody's there. You have to wait until the enemy cues off one of their powers. And when they come in to use their power, then you trigger your power because they have now changed their place on the battlefield. Um, And it all, it's not... It's kind of turn-based, but not really. I think active time battle is great. Thank you for saying that. Where you really have to pay attention to what cards do I have available? Which cards are they? What is the enemy doing? And then when do I need to key these powers off? And then you add on to that, you'll eventually get a second person. Uh, maybe you get a third person. I've only I've only ever had two. Um, but you have to switch back and forth between them because then you have two active time meters going. And each person has a different kinds of abilities. Um, anybody can use any card, but if you use the right card with the right person, it builds them up towards a special meter and that special meter is like a super attack. So you really want to get the super attacks as often as possible. So you're like doing as much damage as possible. So you're flipping back and forth between at least two characters and what, what ability. And then also on top of that, the enemy, and then where are they at in their meter? And there's a lot of stuff going on at the same time. Hmm. Um, a lot of stuff happening, keeps you pretty busy. Um, I will say that the tutorial is not super well explained. Um, Part of it is like also the fact that this game looks like other games, but it doesn't function like other games. For example, um, you can get shield cards and you think, or I did anyway, that it was going to be similar to other games in the roguelike genre where you put on a shield, it gives you shield points, and those those points are there until somebody hits you. That is actually not how it works. And that that took me a long time to figure that out. Uh, Number one, because there's a lot of stuff happening on screen. But number two, I just assumed that's how it worked because that's how it works. Everybody else does not work here. Like you have a shield... It'll give you like plus six points defense, but only for a couple seconds. So like you also have to be very careful of when you use your shield. You can't just build up shield and shield and shield and shield. It's like you can put up a shield, a guy will hit you, and then that's fine. But if you put it up too soon, it'll fade before he gets to you, and then you've wasted it, right? Mm. So there's all these other elements to keep in track, uh, keep track of. And nothing works quite like you think it will work, even though it looks like it should. It doesn't. And I'm not saying that as a criticism. I'm just saying pay attention and do your best to see what's actually happening and not what you think is happening because that caught me more than a few times. Um, tutorial is not great. I feel like it's, um, it could be better. I have to say, I, I think this game is really interesting and I feel like it's really close to being a really cool game, but I feel like there's some, some things that are just not quite there yet. Um, I will say on a, on a, on a basic technical level, I played this game both on the switch and on the PS five text was too small. UI was too small on the switch. 
I went back to the developer. I'm like, hey, man, I'm not going to play this because it's too hard in my eyes. They sent me PS5 code. Thank you very much for that. Definitely better on PS5. But like UI, text, all that stuff needs a little bit of work. Could be better. I also will say this game has a real fondness for very nuanced effects um, that I think are better suited towards a fully turn-based game. So, for example, you'll get a, an ability that says, oh, this game is a trap. And this is going to trigger off plus two points for every stack of status that you have on a person, which is incurred on so-and-so and so-and-so. And it's like, okay, if this was like Slay the Spire, when like nothing happened until I pushed a button, I could read the, st the status effects. I could figure out what the stack would be. I could figure out what the best play was. But when this thing is popping off in real time and like the meters are going and you've got a couple different things, I don't remember what status, who has what status and what, what ability does what status. It's like, it it's too many things to juggle at the same time. Um, and I feel like the, a lot of the abilities, I started getting rid of any ability that wasn't just straight damage because when I was just doing straight damage, I know how the arrows work. I know how the sword works. I know how the shield works. And I was getting into the flow of like, okay, timer, cooldown, timer, cooldown, ability. Okay, guys going to come in. I got this right thing back and forth. I got to a point where I was kind of humming and it was going pretty well, but only when I was doing the most basic abilities. And I think that these guys have bitten off more than they can chew. It's too complicated and there's too many things going on. Um, I can't juggle multiple status, multiple stacks, multipliers, real time, two characters on my team, four characters on the other team, yeah. positioning, like it's, it's way too much. I think if they got rid of the real time and kept it turn-based, it would be better. I could handle the complexity or get rid of the complexity. I could handle it in real time, um, but I, I can't do both at the same time. Um, but they're so close. They're so close to having this be a really awesome game. Um, I think the artwork is phenomenal. I really love the artwork a lot. Um, it's very appealing. Uh, and as you go further in the game, it looks like you can unlock some, uh, I don't want to say TNA, but like you can get some more risque costumes, which is good motivation for for people <laughs> who like uh, who like sexy times. You can unlock some more spicier costumes, which is great. I didn't unlock anything because I didn't get that far. Um, I just feel like it's, this game is right on the cusp, right? It's like, it's it's half of one, it's half of the other, and it's not really a great combination. I wish they would pick one and run with it because I think either way it could be great. But right now it's 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 got a foot in both worlds and it's not quite working for me. But I find it really interesting and I really would encourage these developers to pick one and run with it and then just kind of streamline down. I think they'd have something really cool in their hands. Well, back to what we said earlier, it might it also be just for a certain niche that's neither of us. Um, I don't want to play that either, by the way, because or I don't want to play that in general. Um because active time battles in general, I don't know, anything that's, I've got to be thinking about all the different stuff that's going on freaks me out and gets me anxious nowadays. Uh, that's just me, you know what I mean? Um, and there's a niche for this, I guess, right? Because I don't think they're going to change the type of game it is. I mean, I'm I... Guessing. Maybe not. I mean, maybe not at this point, but I feel like I feel like there's lessons to be learned here. And I don't mean I, I certainly don't mean to be arrogant or anything. I'm not trying to be like, well, I know best and you guys should do what I say. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to be arrogant, but like having been a person in games for 40 fucking years and who plays every strategy game and every roguelike and every turn based game, you know, there are certain things that work and certain things that don't work. And I definitely applaud the fact that they're trying something new for sure. And I feel like they're very close, hmm. um, just like a little bit of tweaking either way. I think would be super more playable and then it would be a success, I think. So okay. anyway, just, just my, my two cents, my feedback. So there we go. That is uh, Braves Rage Active Time Battle. Is that right? 
ATB, yeah. ATB, yeah. Okay, there we go. Okay, so that is our final game for the show. I know we're getting uh, a little long in the tooth here, but a couple things before we go. Carlos, anything before we go? I got a couple things. Well, I have one more controversial thing. Okay, what is it? Why not? Because this is, we put them all in one episode. Uh, Last of Us um, is out on HBO. The TV show, yes. TV show. Tonight, at the time of this recording, I guess the new episode's up. I haven't watched episode it Episode four? Yeah. Episode three was all the rage on Twitter. Again. I heard that. I heard that. Social going crazy, um, negatively and positively, uh, but a fucking ton that was negative. And I will say, um, you would think that I would just be on the side of positivity, which I generally am, mm-hmm. um, in this down state that I'm at. Who knows? But- I'm actually going to side with, well, not side with anybody. I'm just going to say my piece. Which Carlos is, is going to say Carlos's piece. Carlos is going to say Carlos's piece. Episode three was um, basically fleshing out um, a backstory for a character in the game that they didn't really talk too much about. It was just yes, a character yes. who had um, a partner, and as a gay character who had a partner, and you know their life together was kind of alluded to in the game. Yes, um, and so this. Episode three was literally the whole episode was their life. Yes. And I mean, like, their whole life. Yes. Like, you know, from until they died kind of thing. So while it was touching as shit, and I love Nick Offerman, holy crap, uh, and people should go watch that um, uh, show called Devs, which is on Hulu, and it's fucking incredible about a a quantum computer called Devs. Uh, He's in Nick Offerman. So I love him. I loved his performance in this, and the other actor, I forgot his name, but he's in... White Lotus, right? And a bunch of other stuff. Also an amazing actor. Touching, powerful, amazing. There's a butt coming. I sense it. And you wouldn't think that probably uh, because I should just be like, oh, yeah, it's emotional and great. I think they did a misstep. And another another reason why probably the vitriol and all that kind of knives came out again. Um, Not like it's justified at all because we just talked about how that's stupid. But for me, it was a misstep and maybe why other people kind of freaked out is because it was such a big departure for episode three. And one and two were so good at being faithful to the game that made us all in. I mean, everybody who was watching that was all in, right? Right. 100%. Give me more of this, even doing frame-by-frame shots, or what is it called? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shot the recreations. Shot, I've seen. Recreation. I've seen people do the comparison. The, here's the game, and here's the, here's the game. TV yeah. show. It looks exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. So you're just like ready for that. And season two, or the end of episode season one, or at the end of season one, or season two, maybe episode I think, two. You mean? Yeah, whatever. Next season or whatever. Drop that episode. Like The Walking Dead would do stuff like that, where you're like, okay, here's a side story, or like Lost. Yes. You know? Yes. I think it's just too soon to do it. Episode three, because for me personally. I was like, I'm not in the mood for that right now. Like, I'm not saying I wasn't judging the characters because it's a beautiful story. It's a love story, you know, and it's done fucking great. Um, but I don't I didn't want that. I, I wanted more zombies and the story of Last of Us going through the, you know, the game part. And I just wasn't in that emotional mo- mode for that. Sure. And sure. I'm sad. So I'm like, this is just more sad. And so th- I think that is what maybe some people online were, you know, kind of caught them off guard. Maybe they weren't able to explain that, but that's how my explanation is. I was, I was, I was like, oh, I don't want this down episode, the whole thing, because that's all it is. It's just, I mean, there's, it, I shouldn't say that. It's beautiful and lovely, and their partnership in the beginning, how they find each other and their connection, it's all special, all right? I, right, right. I, I, I recognize that. 
but it's it's a tough story and it's a tough life and it's a sad ending you know spoiler so it's like yeah that's my thing i was kind of taken aback i was like i know everyone loves this episode but for me i just think episode three i don't think it should i don't think it should be there well counterpoint uh, yes i haven't seen the episode have not seen the episode but it was impossible to not get caught up in the chatter i mean if i was i was i'm i'm trying my best to avoid spoilers even though i've played the game and finished the game and i'm actually um watching my wife play through the game right now and she is literally in the section that you're talking about that was shown in season in episode three she just started that this morning i'm like oh here's that section um i I was i was gonna say a couple things having not seen the show but one thing that i will say is um number one there was a lot of people who were pushing back against that because these characters are gay um it's not a secret but I think a lot of people who played The Last of Us just didn't pick up on that because it wasn't like a plot point. It was just the the dude was gay. And if you searched his house, you could find mementos. Yeah. You could find little hints if you took the time. But it was, you know, if you weren't looking for it or if you weren't paying attention or if you were drinking a beer and having pizza and chatting with your bros while you're popping zombies, then you probably didn't notice that, right? You're putting a little bit of a, of a version of a person there. But yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, I'm just saying it, I can understand how somebody might miss that. Yeah. But I, when I played that, I picked up on it. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool that this guy is clearly gay. And yet it is not a problem for anybody. It is not a plot point. It is just a state of being for this person. He is gay. That is all. It doesn't matter. Because it doesn't matter who you like to have sex with or what kind of your orientation is in the middle of a fucking zombie apocalypse. You're just a person. You're all people trying to survive. Right. So I liked in the game, they didn't beat anybody over the head with it. I thought that was very cool because having gay people, trans people, whatever in games and just have them be their own person. I'd love more of that. This people are fucking people, man. Like we, it's not a, it's not an issue. You know what I'm saying? Um, Can so, I counterpoint to that counterpoint? Yeah. Let me finish my sentence. Okay. Up. Uh, and I think that a lot of people, once this was pointed out to them, hey, BT dubs, these characters are gay. There's a certain segment of the Internet who hates gay people, hates trans people, hates anything that's not straight white bro dude. And all, those people were definitely spouting off. So that was yes. a part of it. But go ahead. Say what you're going to say. Yeah. The counterpoint to that counterpoint is the um, you're not wrong in everything you just said. But I would say this. If we want to treat people um in this setting is like, it, this was just a partnership, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but the thing is the whole, the episodes about it. Sure. So it's like, it's kind of hard to just treat it like another, uh, regular story when they spend a few minutes on like a kiss scene between two guys. I don't care. Right. But I'm like, not even a few minutes. Like there's like 15 minutes of like, you know, sexy time stuff right in a, in an hour's episode of stuff sure okay. so if you're doing that because you didn't watch it right there's a lot of yet, lo- no. a lot of nick offerman getting real close to being naked okay, and okay. a lot of um you know a lot of passionate moments which sure, again sure. are super nice and powerful and loving at times like a lot of it's just it's not like just sexy time for sexy time it's about people finding their life partner right sure sure i'm stressing how much i appreciate a lot of it and no, I hear, was, you, I hear you. That's coming through. But it is also a ton of the episode. So, like, if you're, if we want to make it more just matter of fact, then that could have been like a 15 minute segment of the whole episode that was really powerful and good. I, I just think that it was weird that it went on the whole episode. That's all. And I, I don't think it needed to because you got the idea. You know, what I mean, you got like sure. these these people, Nick Offerman, and I feel bad of the actor's name. <clears throat> They connected so well as actual life partners yeah. Yeah. that you're like, holy shit. But minor spoiler again, 
and that's why I'm just adding all this shit because it's already the most controversial episode ever. Um, they go all the way to their like old men with old men prosthetics. And I'm like, I don't think we need to do that. Uh, that's my point. I think it's just, it's a gratuitous level of, um, of uh, life story, gratuitous level of life story in an episode, in a, in a series that it's obviously focusing on, you know, the, the last of us it's funny you say that because i have that the exact same point to be made about a different a different thing so we'll get to that. put a pin in that for a minute okay um I, so i don't know i can't speak to that episode I haven't seen it yet um but i do know that some of it was just anti-gay stuff so some of it was people. and fuck those but people. the other p the other part that i think is worth mentioning is uh you know it's an adaptation right and so i don't know about other people but i don't want uh, when i see an adaptation i don't want the exact thing just on tv like i don't want them to do literally the game the last of us shot for shot recreation for the entire game i can couldn't think of anything more boring than that uh, because the game is the game the game exists i've had that experience it's a wonderful experience i like it i still like that game first one not the second one um but like think this is an opportunity to expand to adapt to explore to go into things um you know rather than saving the dlc content they could like work that into the story they could uh, enrich Ellie's personality way earlier. They could talk more about Joel and about why he makes the choices that he makes and stuff. I mean, an adaptation is a place where you can really explore the material in a different way because it's a different medium. So mm -hmm. I'm, I mean, again, haven't seen the episode, but I'm fine with them doing something different. I don't want them to do literally the last of us on TV. That to me is a wasted opportunity. Um, and I get that they were doing nods and, you know, I definitely saw the shot by shot. Look, the bridge in the background is exactly the same. And Joel's hand and the thing is, oh, it's the, okay. I, I played the game. I don't I don't yeah. need to do that on TV. So I'm fine with them branching out. But again, haven't seen this episode. Don't know if it's gratuitous or not. But I'm okay with them branching away. And people who get mad because this isn't exactly hour six of The Last of Us, the video game. I mean, I, I don't have any sympathy for that. Yeah, so. yeah. And I agree with you because I've already watched adaptations where I liked how they took a, a different stance on it. And by yeah. the way, you're automatically going to have a different stance because it's different actors, right? And it's yeah, a different yeah. thing. Like what what's the actress's name? We forgot it twice. Don't don't forget it and again. Ellie's actress? Ellie. Um I can't remember. I can't remember. Okay. She's, she's a great fucking actress. amazing. Like yes. And I would never want anyone else besides her now. Like after she does it, like her mannerisms and stuff like that. Um so yes, I, I'm with you on that. Just watch that episode, you'll see. And by the way, all that said, still watch the whole fucking thing. Still all the way in for Last of Us. I'm excited to watch the one tonight. Um, so yeah, but I just thought to give that two points. I think that might be a part of the reason why people freaked. Um, well, we will, we will get to it. I will get to it. My wife is playing it literally right now. And when she's done, we're going to start watching the show. She just wanted to have the chance to play the pure experience of not being, mm -hmm. of not having whatever happened on the TV in her head when she was playing the game, yep. which I think is fair. So she's, I don't know. She's, she's to episode three equivalents in the game right now, which is pretty early. So I don't know by next week or maybe two weeks we'll have watched it by then, but. Okay. Um, speaking of stuff that is gratuitous, uh, I started watching Wakanda Forever last night on oh, Disney+. Plus. Um, yes. We didn't get to see the whole thing because we started it too late and I got tired and I'm an old man now and I can't get through three hours of movie if you start at 11 o'clock at night. My bad. Um, that's just, well, <laughs> that's just how my life is 11. these days. That's a tough start. Yeah, that's a tough yeah, start. Yeah, so we started it too late and it's like it's almost three hours long, at least two and a half, three hours long. So we only got through half. So I, I say that just to be clear because that is not a statement of I didn't want to watch this movie or anything. I just, I got tired, bro. I just couldn't make it through. Um, I thought it was fine. The only, and I, the reason I bring up the gratuitousness of it 
is because I don't think it's a spoiler to say that Namor, the Submariner, is in this. Like he's in the trailers and stuff. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think everybody knows the Atlanteans. I mean, it was it was in the hype, so it's not a spoiler. Um, but they go into his backstory, and boy, I can't think of the last time I was less interested in something. I'm like I, I like they go into this whole like this long story about these people and they do this thing and they become Atlanteans. They go under underground and they do this thing and there's revenge and blah blah blah. And I'm like. Bro, all you had to do was say, yo, I'm from Atlantis and we've been living down there for a while and now I'm here. <laughs> that's all I fucking needed. Yeah. That's that's all I needed. I was like, oh, it was kind of cringe too because it just felt really silly and goofy and maybe it made sense in a comic book in the 40s or 50s. It just didn't play the same. And I'm like, this is goofy. They should have cut it. I uh, This doesn't work for me. Um, so that backstory that whole thing could have been cut and I don't think the film would have been hurt for it at all. And I'm curious to see what the back half is. We're going to finish it today, but that was like, I, I did not need 15 minutes of backstory on the Atlanteans. I'm okay. Thinking they just down there. Atlantis yeah. people are just down there. That's good enough for me. Also side note, um, Submariner Namor, he has wings on his feet. You know this, right? Have you seen the Submariner before? I guess. Yes, probably. Yeah. He's like from the forties or fifties. He looked like, I don't know, like Aquaman sort of, but he had wings on his feet that let him fly. Like tiny wings, bro. Like smaller than the I guess I don't remember his feet, but yes, I seen He had wings on his ankles. And that was goofy even back then in a comic book in the 40s and 50s. It looks really goofy in real life. I don't think that works. It's silly. And I wish they had made a different choice. They could have given him magical bracelets that had a wing design on them. They could have been bracelets shaped like a wing. It could have been boots that had wings on them or something. Anything... But they literally put his actual flesh and blood wings on his ankles, and it looks fucking stupid. It what's, does, it doesn't work. It doesn't make sense in a movie. I wish they had changed it. What's that guy from um, the boys that was like a fish person? They didn't make him look goofy. What? Which guy? The guy from the boys. He had like gills or something. Oh, the deep. Yeah, the deep. Yeah. But like he was like a normal looking dude, and then he had like yes. if you look underneath, you could see the he got gills and gills stuff. Yeah. Down. I mean, that was fine. I mean, they could have given him gills. That's fine. The Atlantean people are blue. That's fine. They've got weird headdresses. That looks cool. But just the wings on his feet, and to for us to believe that he flies with those tiny little yeah, birdie wings, it's dumb. It's so dumb. And I get there. I get that's what the characters like, but we can change it. It's an adaptation. We're going to change it up. You know, not everybody's exact same. So anyway, anyway. Okay. Right. So that was my grip, but I'm going to see the rest of the movie. Very curious to see what happens. And my last thing, do you have anything else, Carlos? No, I almost have a controversial take about Wakanda, but I'm not going to give it here because we were, okay. we're out of controversial out. Controversial. Well, let's do something that's not controversial. Yes. I think that you will be in full agreement with. Um, you gave me the advice to check out People of Earth, the TV show. Yes, I sure did. We have been I watching know it. that you liked it. It's a great show. It's yes. wonderful. Yes, it's great. We started watching it a couple of days ago. We've been going through the episodes really quickly. It's great. I think the performances are great. It's really funny. Um, it's just a wonderful recommendation. But the whole family has been really getting into it. And uh, it's, it's about, uh, for people that don't know, it's about a guy who is investigating people who claim to have been abducted by UFOs, he gets there and then all of a sudden realizes he himself has been abducted and he starts figuring out what's going on. It's a comedy. It's also kind of sci-fi. Um, it's also just kind of silly and goofy. Um, there are some human moments and stuff. It's a really great show. I really like it a lot. And I got to say, one of my favorite characters is the little gray alien because his head is shaped like a nutsack and it is furry just like a nutsack. 
And him talking shit and with his big nutsack head is just like the funniest thing in the world. Plus, whoever does that, whoever the actor is, yes. um, I don't know if it's the same actor in the suit, if it's the voice is the same. I don't, I don't sure. know. I don't know. But whoever, he's so smart. Like how is his comedy delivery yes, is so It's really good. funny. It's really good. And it's, it's like really an good. office space. It's also kind of got an office yes, space vibe. Exactly. Um, this is, a, I can't, I hope they got renewed for another season. I forgot if they did or not, but. You said there's two seasons, right? There's so two. Far. I've watched them all as soon as they came out because they're so good. Um, I think, uh, let's just hope they get another season. Yeah, so it's really you good. Liked it. Yeah, we're not done with season one, but we're, we're all in. We think this, game, this show is fucking great. It's just a ton of laughs, a ton of really interesting shit. Um, all, everybody on there is like a really good comedian. So it's just a really, really great, smart show. Really fun. So good recommendation, dude. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. And season two doesn't drop a beat, dude. They don't nice. drop a beat. Like it's, you're finished season two and you're like, okay, I want more, please. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. We're going to, we're on board. We're on board. All right, folks. Epic episode. We Wait. are now at the, cl- Wait. Oh, you had one more thing? One more thing. Right, but you're not going to disagree about that. No, I'm not going to disagree about that. Okay. No. What? What is Let it? me counterpoint to my own point. Um, <laughs> Twitch. On Twitch right now, it's going mm. on the internet finally. Uh, it's going all around the internets. Not like I care, but I'm just, you know. Endless Seinfeld. Um, Endless Seinfeld is a AI-driven, I know, calm down, AI-driven. Oh, I heard about this, yes. 90s video game looking, like adventure game. Uh, endless stream. So it doesn't stop. And they have like 20,000 people watching at all times. And the AI creates Seinfeld-like um stories and these a these uh 90s graphics pixelated graphics walk around and deliver the lines and then it'll switch to like a different scene and then it'll switch to the comedy club and jerry will do his you know ai driven stuff stand up or whatever yeah it's all fucking like not good but also funny <laughs> and also weird and twisted and the and for sometimes the characters like twist and fall or all over the place and try to sit down on the couch and they break and stuff. It is fascinating. And I can see why people are watching it because it's just confusing and weird. And um, I'm kind of all in. So, Okay. I haven't seen that yet, but uh, I have heard about it. So you won't pop see on. it. Believe me, you won't see it. I'd, pr- I'd probably be like, fuck this. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. Endless Seinfeld is what it's called? Endless Seinfeld on Twitch. Go check it out if you're not already. All right. All right. That is going to do it. That is a show, folks. Thank you very much for listening. Ooh. Ooh. As always, send us your questions and comments. Hit us up. So video games podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at so video games. We're on Instagram at so video games podcast. You can also hit us up individually. Carlos, where are we sending your traffic this week, sir? Yeah, just TikTok again. Uh, still doing stuff over there. Doing an adventure. Is it Carlos Rodella at TikTok? Yep. Carlos Rodella. Uh, doing an adventure game series. It just kind of blew up. Went to 30K. That was a really um, fun series. Those were those were clever clips, too. Those are fun. I'm glad people finally resonated with them. Yeah, those were um, good. Those, those were really so fun. So I'm going to start working on more of those. So check that out. All right. Excellent. Uh, as for me, uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, still on co-host, but not a lot going on over there. I just am checking out Spoutable now, which is a, another social media website. We'll see how that one goes. Uh, but it's the same on all of these channels. It's my name. B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y All A's, no O's And this is going to do it for episode 322 Thank you so much again for joining us here on the Soviet Games Podcast Carlos, good to have you back, sir Thank you And now that this episode is in the can, we'll see you next week See you next week